from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, September 8th, 2017, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by HelloFresh, oh. the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. They source the freshest ingredients. Uh, everything comes measured to the exact quantities you need, so there's no food waste. And they deliver your food to your doorstep in a recyclable, insulated box for free. Um, you're going to need a HelloFresh crate this week. Here, here, yeah, gonna, with the hurricanes. So, so. Yeah, and with all wow. the people here. So, Oh, that's true. So, uh, what? What? Uh, you know, if you've listened to the show the last couple of weeks, you know that uh, we ended our era at our previous studio. Yes. Uh, we were moving downtown. We have not yet completed said move, so we are temporarily officing and recording this podcast at my house. And let me paint a picture where we're at right now for the podcast, because actually this is probably the most appropriate room that we can record the podcast in. We are in what is... We're in my seven-year-old's playroom. Yeah, so there's (laughs) BB-8 around, there's a lot of Mario things and Legos. Yeah, so so, yeah, appropriate environment, but I'm saying this about HelloFresh. If you go open my fridge, I can make a slunch because I have two HelloFresh bags in there. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Um, Right now, HelloFresh is offering light spring meals, and they just introduced breakfast options all for less than 10 bucks a oh, meal. Oh, they did? Yeah. Now I, that's a curious thing it. to me. Yeah. I've done the breakfast. What? Uh, how do they do that? Uh, they send it in a... Is it like an egg? They can't put an egg in there. Yeah, there's eggs. Wow. There's egg options. Yeah. It's, it's just it's a of everything, Eddie. It's amazing how cold they're able to keep things. <laughs> With the whole dry ice? Someday I want to have the HelloFresh founder on and just ask that person some really, really specific shipping questions. <laughs> I, I like HelloFresh just because I like to play with cool, dry ice. Oh, yes. no, the I, food is a bonus. You yes, know, I, I, like I mentioned, I have a seven-year-old, and I'll tell you, HelloFresh delivery day is is like a new toy showing up because right. once I get the three meals out of the box, right. he's got a whole bunch of stuff to play with with the leftovers oh, with yeah. the shipping container. I mean, that's that's cool. It I weighs really, like 40 pounds. It's heavy. Wow. I, I think that maybe we're veering from their their oh, yeah, talking yeah, points yeah, but for people that like our show it's a toy and a <laughs> meal is what we're saying right for yeah, it's, like, a, it's an adult happy meal not right. only do you get great fresh food that you get to make with your family you also get dry ice to do whatever you want with including getting a cool bowl of candy and make it look all smoky like a witch's culture uh, that's what I do. Quick, quick note quick note jesse there was one thing in highlighted in red that they said never do call it say never say this is an adult thing. yeah or an adult happy meal we're <laughs> really trying never it, it says on the box, please do not use the dry ice to make a witch's cauldron in a big pasta bowl. <laughs> yeah. It says that. Don't let your kid play with this. He will right. lose a finger. Right now, HelloFresh is offering Relevant Podcast listeners a special deal. You can get $30 off your first week of deliveries by going to HelloFresh.com and entering offer code RELEVANT30 when you subscribe. Go do it. You'll like it. Yes. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, and here with me in uh, my son's playroom is Eddie Big Cat Coffles. Oh, man. It's nice to see you, buddy. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer brought the entire set up all the gear all the knobs all the switches uh turntables our illustrious producer my brother chandler strang uh also uh our new head of audio and video uh nathan grubbs is quietly listening just kind of lurking in the shadows you Mm -hmm. need to figure it out because pretty soon we're 
you're going to have probably a microphone or be close to a microphone and you'll need to figure out how to say hello in a way that's true. compelling. <laughs> On the Skype line from Loveland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Like, yeah. Not like that. And so also, try to think of, yeah, try to think of something. Watch, also, watch and learn, Nathan. Here we go. Here we and go. all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, guys. Wow, nice, man. Short, really simple, great. clear. It's, yeah. a, it's a good one. Really hey, we have a great show in store for you guys today. Coming up later, Hillsong Young and Free joins us. Oh. Uh, they, They're not going to fit in this room, but it'll be fun to have yeah. them. <laughs> There's like 17 of them. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, there are many buses of Young and Free's. <laughs> <laughs> also coming up, uh, author Chris Hurts joins us. He's the author of The Sacred Enneagram, Finding Your your Unique Path to Spiritual Growth. Oh, man. I like it. I like Dude, I'm, I'm all about the Enneagram. That thing changed my life a few years ago. I was very skeptical because I just... Boy, have, that's your background. You were a counselor and you, yeah, you're just, a professional in this area. Well, yeah, and I've done enough like, you know, introspection and whatever. Yeah. Enneagram read my mail. Yeah. Was, can, can, can I just say too, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about the Enneagram and I've taken like some online tests and stuff and I've listened to other podcasts with yep. people who have talked about the Enneagram. I have never been more enlightened about the spiritual benefits and spiritual aspects and history of the Enneagram uh, until talking with Chris. He's real practical and the book is practical, but it's also a deep dive. Like this isn't just, yeah. you know, th- this one you feel enlightened. You know, I- I'm sure his book is like the interview where you honestly feel like, wow, this is something I need in my life. So Jesse, what you're saying is... I've seen a couple of people on Twitter saying they like the show and they fast forward through the interviews. What you're saying is don't do that this week. Not this week. <laughs> no, do not don't do that this week. And we'll, we'll give you all a heads up on a week where you can fast forward through the yeah. interviews. This yeah. is not one of those weeks. I'm, I'm glad this interview booked because what Jesse had scheduled for that segment was far less interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was uh, it was an hour and a half with a guy uh, that works at a dry ice place. Yeah. I just had a lot of questions about the smokiness, how to get my witches colder and more witchy looking. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking about a deep dive. We're talking about a deep dive. And I also burned myself pretty bad, uh, third degree, on uh, the palms. My palms are, my, my, my fingertips are gone. You're not supposed to handle the dry ice. And I'll say this, as cool as it looks in a drink. Don't drink it. All this covered in the interview. The shame is, but here's the shame. Here's the shame. A lot of people are going to fast forward through it when it airs in a couple weeks when when someone backs out and need to fill a hole and it's a special episode and they're the ones who are going to lose fingertips and they're the ones who are going to have irreparable uh, stomach damage. So, you know, joke's on you. Fast forward all you want. Yeah, basically you're saying if you fast forward through the interviews, you're going to have irreparable stomach damage. So, that's That's, that's probably a pretty good new slogan for the show. Yeah. I'll say this. I'll say this. That is a threat. (laughs) I will say the one thing about the dry ice beat is it's probably important to get it out there before uh, before Halloween, because that's when people start getting really into dry ice. And timely. And I got to tell you, this is a real statistic. Nine out of every ten children uh, don't make it, lose a finger on Halloween because of dry ice. <laughs> Nine out of every ten. Yeah, so ninety yeah. percent of all American children lose a finger on Halloween because of dry ice. Yeah. So let's just get the word out there. Save it for the slices, Eddie. That sounds like a yeah. That's, that's a, a big moment. PSA. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty shocking statistic. We uh, so, so can, can I ask one quick question, Cameron, about please. the setup you guys yeah, have whatever going you need, now. man. Yeah. You, you, so yesterday, much of the staff was working from your house as, as like a temporary. The, whole, the whole week, everybody's gonna be working from my house this week. We won't get our CO at the new downtown office until Friday. So we had to. We worked remotely the Friday prior to uh, the long weekend, but you know that's not sustainable. We're highly collaborative, so it's like, well, we got to find a co-working space. Well, guess what? It's called my dining room, my kitchen, my bonus room, ah, my house. So. Yeah, so we're here all week. 
I think that, you know, we, if we need to record anything else, we should consider a small live studio audience that can laugh <laughs> at our jokes, can, can boo and hiss Eddie at, at will throughout the show as need be. Well, the listener and doesn't I think realize it's an interesting dynamic. The listener doesn't know that we actually cut out a 10 minute derail that Eddie just did at the beginning well, of the show. It's just yeah. Jesse had this zinger of a story about his cable repairman that you're going to have to hear on the bonus. We'll put it at the end of the show. Oh, it was so good. Classic Jesse Carey. I really did not know what's up with me today. I am just for some reason going for him, and he's such a good pal, but I just decided to destroy See, him. See, this is why we need a studio audience, because they would quickly take sides. Yeah, they would. And They'd they would cheer and laugh right at everything I do. And just, there was, yeah. though, at the 10-year show, I remember at the 10-year show, there was like a, somebody stood up and said something about, I don't remember, it was like the toll booth or something. Yeah. It was like, oh, people are groaning. Like, yeah. it, it was not like a perfectly hilarious moment yeah. it was like oh i see i'm a jerk so <laughs> when, when the entire audience like audibly recoils <sighs> involuntarily at something you said Ooh. you know you hit a nerve yeah yeah <laughs> Well, there's a lot of news going on. Uh, Obviously, our thoughts and prayers are still with the people in in Texas recovering (laughs) from uh, the floods there. Uh, Hope the best for you guys. Um, Florida right now, when you're hearing this, will be getting pummeled, most likely. Yeah, we don't know. We're recording this on Wednesday. We don't know the path uh, quite yet. If it's going to go west back into the Gulf toward Texas, we don't know if it's going to curl back up. We don't know if it's barreling down on Orlando or not. But, yeah. um, what's you guys' plan? Do you have a, do you have like a grocery list that you're working on? What, what's the, what's the system? Well, Jenna, Eddie and I were talking right before the show about the sorts of liquids that don't go bad. If you catch my drift Bingo. and then we need to swing by a couple of those stores before the weekend. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah, I got a lot of water too. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna say you know, usually my thing is I stock up on nothing but whole milk. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> it never goes bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, because the thing is, you got milk for like a day, and then, you know, you wait. If, if it's a real bad one, you got cheese coming. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I'm turning it. I'm turning it. The neighbors are appreciative. Yeah. Because I've told you, I, I told you, when society breaks down, currency is no good. It's all about bartering. And cheese is right at the top of the currency chain. It absolutely right. you know? is. Like you have batteries, <laughs> flashlights, and fresh churned cheese. But the, the that thing was that, whole milk a few days the ago. The thing that we were actually talking about, this is legit, is like right now, a week out, I mean, you can't anywhere you go, Target, Costco, Walmart, uh, grocery store, all the bottled water is gone. And, 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 and my thing is like, and, and Amy said this, why? I We all have a bathtub. You can get a Brita. I mean, so like before the storm comes, worst case scenario, fill up your bathtub. You have a Brita. Why do you have to buy bottled water? I, I don't get it because like if this storm takes a real bad path and we realize, okay, it's this is a thing and we may lose power for a couple of days, which means the power like the water pumping stations are down. Right. I will just fill up. I have a couple of five gallon buckets. I will yeah. fill them up with water and like dip out of that. We're talking like Floridians though. You know, I, 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 I do. Yeah. You know, cause are. like, cause like Nathan who just moved here from yeah. uh, w- uh, the state that catches on fire and shakes violently. Yeah. Um, he, you know, his family's Very thinking like the apocalypse is starting. Yes. Like uh, she yeah. bought out all the water at Costco and, 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 really? and are freaking out about maybe we need to leave the continental U S and yes. I'm like, we're fine. Literally, you may lose power for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, 
I can't remember the last time we lost power during a hurricane. And like, obviously, we are not making light of because it's funny. Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be yeah. terrible for some. There's a some chance places. that this is an in memoriam show for all of us, and <laughs> we're like, okay, fine. This is how we went. Glad out. you're not making light of it. Continue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, thanks for yeah. thanks for bringing your Glad usual you high road sensitivity there, to yeah. the conversation, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, but this is real talk. You guys, other than other than buying beverages that don't spoil, did you? Have you done any other preparation? No. Yeah, like canned food. Like I mean, pantries still. I mean, yes, I have bread and I have normal, you know, chips and canned yeah. food. I mean, again, the wor- what happened in Houston yes. was once, and I heard this, a once in thousand year event. Yes, it was that sort of flooding actually can't happen where we are and so yeah. uh because the way that our state is basically a big sandbar yeah and 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 as bad as things may get in a in a historic storm the fact is is florida is kind of built for a lot of wind and terrible weather yeah. and so yeah. we'll if right. it's bad enough that power's gonna be out for a couple of days we'll be able to get in our cars and, and go somewhere else right. if we we'll need head, to we'll head north and it'll be it's okay not that, i you know i think it's all right chandler How's I mean? Are you prepared? You live yeah, on your I own. Got groceries. I went to Big Lots a couple of days ago and bought a bunch of water. Big you're, Lots. You're an interesting man. You went to Big Lots. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I have Sanford. a question about right. Big Lots. Yeah, you do. This yeah. is this is. I'm, I'm being for real here. I didn't know that you bought. I thought it was like clothes and toys and appliances yeah, and same. stuff. No, they have. You're they have, you can buy groceries there. Have all of that. No, stuff. you know the stuff that like uh, grocery stores like it can last uh, on a shelf forever, like Twinkies and certain chips and yeah. stuff. They sell the leftover surplus stuff of that at Big Lots. Yep. I get it. It's ironic. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I get it. But why yeah, would they deal. put water? Why would they? There's no surplus water. It doesn't go bad. There's no expiration. Like, why it's what, like, it's like why a, is Big Lots selling water? Is it Big Lots brand water? It's off-brand water, so nobody wants it. So they Yeah, the labels are like kind of generic water. looking. Yeah. Hey, okay, what much. else? Chandler, how often do you go to Big Lots? Real talk, man. Every couple weeks. What? It's his main For, source of uh, nourishment. Are you so interesting to me? What are you getting there? Are you going there? <laughs> patio furniture. Uh, see the see the thing. Really the stuff that you buy jeans. there doesn't last all that long. So you got to go back jeans. frequently. That's yeah. the thing. Jeans. Are you getting your jeans there? <laughs> no, no, no. They but yeah, but ironic clothing. But ironic really? hipster jeans. Yeah, you can wear they like they dad don't have jeans. Clothing. Yeah, what, what else oh. do you buy there aside from groceries like electronics I, and stuff I, yeah, yeah Halloween decorations I buy my Halloween decorations for my big parties there because they're cheap all my iPhone chargers I got at Big Lots oh. if you ever need the flameless candles they have a they have them in bulk 48 for only six ninety nine. <laughs> no tiki <laughs> Still torches still rip though. off yeah. <laughs> pretty big ban on tiki yeah. torches yeah not gonna do this anymore <laughs> actually we should get flameless uh, candles like those little votives for, isn't that for, just called a light for the storm, if, it's a light. Well, if, if the power goes out, you need the little little switch, little battery operated ones. Oh well, I'm just anyhow, anyway. good luck at Big Lots. Yeah, it's a really interesting yeah. thing. I you enjoy do. it. So, yeah. what but were you Eddie, saying, Eddie? A- you've done zero prep. Uh, I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, we'll pull everything in from outside, make sure that there aren't like you know oh, yeah. patio chairs and stuff flying around. My and favorite thing to do during a hurricane is you go out in the backyard and kind of lean into the wind like the guy on the Weather Channel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you Jim always, Cantori. always go out in the you hurricane. You always have to go out in the hurricane. Yeah. And you don't yeah. tell the kids you're doing it. It's like middle of the night and yeah. you just It's just a fun front. little memory. Yeah. And you're, it's, you're like, that's it. I stood in the path. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing the normal Floridian prep. We'll, if, there, if it's coming north, I'll fill up a bunch of stuff with water. We have plenty of flashlights and things, and we have plenty of dry food that would keep us for way longer than we would possibly stay in our well, house. I got the buckets from Jim Baker. 
Oh, uh, so oh, I'm, oh, I'm actually go. good for about 75 years. We've been cooking pancakes yeah. for three weeks, yeah. and we're barely even scratched the surface. No, I'm telling yeah, you. I was going to say, because everything, everything like on his website, it's just like It's it. like the loaves and fishes. You get the Jim Baker bucket, it never ends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, literally, you go to the website, and when you, you know, you pick how many do you want, it, you pick by the vat. It, it's, <laughs> it's literally like, like an old, like an old barrel that is to be stored, st- stirred with Bodor's. You know, he's got some good stews, some good uh, gruel, some good porridge. Yeah, all kinds of, of vats of liquid that the, the UPS guy just rolls up to your door with. So, yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, you guys, yeah, Cameron, I mean, you're set for decades with that. Well, so, I, I think Well, you talk about, about a post a post storm, uh, there is no currency. And yeah. so, you know, I deal in vat. And so I, yeah. I just kind of ration it out. Yeah. Like we give, we, we even sell, like, I mean, I mean, this is a vat of podcast. That's right. That's how we refer to I, it. We don't I, <laughs> I went ahead and, you know, initially the path had it possibly come in my way. It doesn't look like that's going to happen now, but I went, uh, I preemptively looted some places. I just <laughs> ran in there with a shopping cart. Yeah. Just like, do you remember this? Remember when you were a kid and they did like uh, on Nickelodeon or whatever, they would, they would start a timer and the kid could run through the toy store and put oh, everything man. in the shopping cart as possible and then like run through the checkered flag like Shaq was holding oh, like yeah. the little tape that you could run through. I did that at the grocery store. I just ran and just filled up three shopping carts and just ran out of there, you know, thinking that I was going to be doing her hurricane prep for, you know, it ended up just being shoplifting, but uh, I'm stocked. So <laughs> I got nothing to worry about. So yeah, I'm all good. Well, we're, I was saying all that fine. to say just in, in, you know, this is a time where actual real important news is going on. Yeah. That is not this segment. This is our time <laughs> to look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. Yeah. It's time for in case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it, NFL quarterback, this uh, Aaron Rodgers this week discussed how Rob Bell molded his faith when he began to doubt his Christian upbringing. Mm-hmm. He was profiled by ESPN, the magazine for a rare interview uh, leading up to the NFL season kicking off and explained how he went through a spiritual crisis in his mid twenties. Even though he'd been raised in a devout Christian home and regularly attended church, he faced a feeling of emptiness after winning his first Super Bowl. He said, um, quote, when you achieve that and there's not this wrong, you know, another wrong to climb up this ladder, it's natural to be like, now what? He explained that he started to question evangelism and theology about salvation. He said, I think in people's lives who grew up in some sort of organized religion, there really comes a time when you start to question things more. I remember asking a question as a young person about somebody in a remote rainforest because the words that I got were, if you don't confess your sins and you're going to hell. And I said, what about the people who don't have a Bible readily accessible? Around that time, a pastor from a church in Michigan, Rob Bell, was asked to speak to the team uh, out there. And the two struck up a friendship. Since then, Rogers has begun intensely studying scripture, hanging out with Rob, and has developed his own understanding of faith. He said, the Bible opens with a poem. It's a beautiful piece of work, but it's never meant to be interpreted as I think some churches do. When asked if he still calls himself a Christian, uh, the writer said uh, he no longer identifies with any affiliation. Whoa, three words. Goodbye, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, fair, fair, <laughs> farewell, farewell, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, farewell, with yeah. farewell. Yeah, yeah. farewell, yeah. Rob Bell. But, uh, it rhymes. Yeah. Oh, Dude, it's so communicative. Uh, the translation still still works. Yeah. I understood. We were all thinking it, man. Yeah. yeah, guys, I disappointed you as people listening to the show, and I disappointed myself with that. Um, <laughs> and Jesus, you actually, and Jesus, yeah, maybe and, Jesus shed a tear. And Rob Bell and John Piper and my family. So, if sorry. you want to see a lively Facebook 
uh, back and forth, go ahead and visit the comment section of that story uh, that we posted. No, it, 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 like I appreciated because, like we, like you were saying, Cameron, it is pretty rare that Aaron Rodgers does interviews, especially about anything non-football related. Like he's just a very private person. Um, but for him to kind of open up to disagree about his own faith and questions about Christianity, I thought was fascinating because a lot of times with athletes, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but you get like a lot of, I don't want to say like platitudes, but a lot of times you get kind of the same talking points. Like a lot of them just kind of play it safe with all topics, including faith. And they're not really known for asking big questions as they much, as much as a lot of them are like, you know, crediting God for their success and, and being grateful, which there's nothing wrong with. But it is interesting to hear a superstar of this kind of caliber open up in such a vulnerable way about faith. Yeah. I, I'm curious how people. Well, I guess I'll read the comments section, but it is don't, really li- literally don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. My, yeah. my Kirk yeah. Cameron filter was triggered when I was trying to read it. <laughs> yeah, I just feel bad because I still think of like if he's struggling with, you know, he's clearly doing some soul searching. I'm like, I hope he doesn't run into those comments. I'm sure he won't. But like, it's like I hope people are gentle on him because he's like figuring it out. Well, he's a football player. People are not gentle on him. I know they hit him yeah, as hard as they point. can like on purpose <laughs> to knock him down. Well, farewell, Aaron. Really? Still didn't work. Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, in case you missed it uh, this week, pastor Robert Lee, the fourth, the descendant of Robert E. Lee, who was on the podcast last week. Yes. Um, he has resigned from his church following blowback from his appearance on, on the, the MTV VMAs where he denounced white supremacy. <laughs> yeah. So in a statement to the Auburn seminary, um, he explained that after his appearance on MTV, a few members of his church wanted to bring his tenure to vote. How about that? Um, and he chose instead to resign, saying, oh, uh, wow. we are all called by God to speak out against hate and evil in all its many forms. There are so many good things going on with this congregation. I don't want my fight to detract from the mission. If the recent media attention causes concern with my church, I reluctantly offer my resignation. He also wrote that I do not want this episode I assume of the podcast yeah. to be yeah, a distraction obviously. from the <laughs> sacred work of confronting white supremacy in all its forms. My calling and my vocation have led me to speak out against violence and oppression in any form. And I want to especially challenge white Christians in America to take seriously the deadly legacy of slavery in our country and commit ourselves to follow Jesus into a time with deep reflection, repentance and reconciliation. Mm. Later on Twitter, he said, someone just asked me, uh, was it worth it? Was it worth losing everything? Unequivocally, yes. Wow. And the hard part is, is that I would love to think, uh, you know, I, I initially read it. I'm like, boy, his church must be, must be really kind of crazy, right? But then I think how many churches, if their priest or pastor yeah. did the exact same thing, would find themselves in the same place? Like, I can't believe, just, I, I don't, I can't comprehend what people would be offended by what he did. I All know. he did was yeah. say white supremacy is evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It we thought like it was great. We were really excited. It seems like it'd be cool yeah. for a, for a church to get, have that sort of platform. He was very bold. Yeah. I was like proud of him, but I, what was it just that he was on MTV or something? No, no, no it was that, that he was, was on MTV denouncing white supremacy. Yeah. They didn't that's like what crazy. he was, they didn't like what he was the saying. Content. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a real bummer. Well, yeah. well, because there are, and I think this goes to show, remember when we had, you know, Lecrae on, um, you know, a few weeks ago with prop and he was saying, you know, some of these advocates or people who are denying the role of white supremacy in the country right now, or the power of white supremacy in the country right now could be your neighbor. They could be your dentist. They could be the person 
person sitting on your pew next to you. He said that was sort of mm-hmm. the, part of the wake up call of Charlottesville. And I think this kind of goes to show that, that just acknowledging something like the devastating, um, role that white supremacy can have in racial injustice, just acknowledging that, uh, you know, is to some people, some people in the church that, you know, the average person may correspond with on a regular basis, they find that idea threatening to them. And so much so that they would ask a pastor to resign just for speaking out against it. I think that is such an interesting and heartbreaking, but also, um, well, they didn't ask him to resign. They brought. They wanted to bring his tenure to a vote. Yeah, which so is they, different. Yeah. So that was he, like he, the super passive church way of right. getting him to leave. Right. right. Like, yeah. He yeah. chose. Well, he, he chose to. I think very graciously of him. Right. He chose to. to like I don't want to be a distraction. Yeah. 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 Right. But 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 either way, like that. Even just this footnote in the in this this larger story that the people within the church uh, of an advocate for bringing awareness to the devastating um, you know destruction of white supremacy that. They they would, you know, take a stand against him mm-hmm. goes to show how deeply embedded that thinking is in a lot of churches. Well, I was talking to I have a friend, uh, Latasha Morris, and I was talking to her yesterday and she did this, this like bridge builder curriculum that helps people have conversations about how to, you know, confront these kinds of topics and how to talk about this in churches. And, uh, you know, I was like, what's the, like the main thing somebody could do right now who doesn't know how to take a next step in, ha- in, in pursuing, she's like, just talking about it is going to be dangerous enough for you right now. And I was like, what? And she's like, and I, and this is case in point, like that guy got fired for saying something that we would just say like, Oh, of course you should be talking about this. It's like, it's, it is just, just using your voice is going to have implications in what, happens with this larger conversation it's it but it's crazy to me because i would think well that's not enough because everybody must agree but it's like there is just really deeply embedded uh like like racism all yeah all all over the place and it's like i've always i've always gone to churches and do now like that not only like are are racially diverse but like they they applaud that it's reflected on stage me so too. it's just bizarre to me yeah. to, that there are churches that are not like that. I guess I just haven't been exposed to many of those. Yeah, because in my mind, I want to think like, oh, it's just some sort of like backwoodsy country church. I'm like, it's not. It's, this nuts. guy's church wasn't a backwoodsy church. It was like a normal church. That, I mean, it's yeah. said that the most segregated hour in America is on Sunday mornings. You know, yeah. I mean, there's white church and black church. That's it, crazy. Man. His church was in uh, was in Winston Salem. You know, not some little podunk town out in the middle of of nowhere, West Virginia. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a the, college town. It's, it's all the that's where all the witches are. That's right. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, um, I, uh, you know, have sold a lot of dry ice in that, that neck of the woods. I got a little, <laughs> good little side business where I, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of witches down there are interested in spicing up the cauldrons. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a big market and uh, it makes them extra spooky, you know, no, no big deal. I'm not aiding in the witchcraft. I'm just making them look spooky. That's how I justify it. So just lay off of it. Ironically, it's Hello Fresh cool is a crazy business in Winston-Salem and they don't, they don't know they why. Don't know why. <laughs> it's basically, it's, it's weekly ice deliveries. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. And for, uh, because it, because even though they might be <laughs> literally practicing the dark arts, there's no spell that makes the cauldron spooky with that cool smoke. I mean, they're still using dry ice there. I mean, they're really doing demonic stuff, but they still need the dry ice to get those cauldrons <laughs> looking nice and spooky. 
<laughs> hey, uh, in case you missed it, uh, I think country music executives heard our podcast last week where we were talking about uh, yeah. how, how their music is unnecessary and not a good opener for college football. This week, it was re- announced that Taylor Swift has, has uh, inked a deal with ESPN to debut new music during college football coverage. Um, this week, as the season debuted, uh, her song Ready For It was used yeah. during uh, during the Alabama-Florida State game. And according to Entertainment Tonight, we could hear a lot more of old T Swift this season. Here's here's uh, some of that song ready for it. Man, nothing makes me think about football more than T Swift. Well, that's the thing. Okay, <laughs> that's if there's yeah, any yeah. game all season that should have had country music, even though Cameron, I know you said you mute country music when it plays during uh, a college football game. Nothing pumps me up less than country music. Exactly. But this is Alabama, Florida state. Okay. Like if there's any game that you circle on the calendar to be like, well, this one will definitely have country music. You would think Guns N' Roses would do the intro or something. I mean, this is just (laughs) amp them up. Yeah. And what people don't understand about Florida state, and this is, this is coming out of place of just deep disdain for that school. Correct. football team correct so i've just it's all tainted nothing but criminals up but there. it's a terrible <laughs> tallahassee it's just a the worst southern alabama it's the armpit of florida right don't think of it like a fun little college town no. this is a place where i mean country music thrives well, i'm here's the thing i'm not a i'm not a tv programming executive i'm not an executive in the music industry but you could say you could say look you would t-swift wants to roll out some new music you pick the games on the schedule oh and and also we got to play country a bunch i would say well obviously Obviously, for Alabama, Florida State, you're doing like Brad Paisley or something. Like, right? Yeah, these people are going to eat that up. They're going to love it. This is Florida, this is Georgia the line. part of the country. Like, I can imagine it was like USC or UCLA or Oregon or something. Yeah, yes. you, you know. But but why did they choose Taylor oh, Swift for the I, Alabama I get your game? point. You you think that the music to intro a game should geographically represent exactly. the teams yeah. playing? Oh, that's good. Okay, I get that. I kind of Jesse. That's a good point. Normally, you know, I haven't. It's been a couple years since I've really heard you say something I agree with, but I think I'm on board with this one. <laughs> but Pally. here's the thing: like when okay, when they do like Monday Night Football or yes. whatever, and it, it, yeah. it, especially when uh, like Madden was doing Monday Night Football, they would cut away to a regional food. Like yes. they would do like Philly cheesesteaks. Oh, they would, those cheesesteaks look good. <laughs> yeah, but what that's, that's the whole point. Dumbass. It was like it gave you a little taste of the region. Do the same thing with music. Have right. regional music and don't mm-hmm. cram. Taylor Swift into the front of the Alabama game. Yeah, but I mean, her playing the halftime show at the the college football championship just made it like a Super Bowl, right? Like, did she? She's going to. Well, well, she well no. Yeah. Well, that that's um, it's been disputed by ESPN. They haven't outright denied it, but they've been disputing. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's got to be the case. But I mean, doesn't it feel like that's the main thing keeping that from being another right. Super Bowl is just a halftime show? Okay, right. Like, it would just be huge. Of course she's going to do it. And she has to. Right. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. And ESPN was real cagey about it because it came out that they're going to be rolling out songs from her new album oh, all yeah. throughout college football season. And then it said, but she's also playing half. To, it's a build up to her playing uh, the halftime show. And ESPN was like, this report is inaccurate. We'll have more to announce when the time comes. And it's like, well, if it's, th- why don't you say this isn't going to happen? Not, oh, there's inaccuracies in the, yeah, she's definitely playing the halftime show. ESP had just a little surprise ruined. And Little Big Town doing the national anthem. But it's like a real long national anthem. I think it'd be Florida Georgia Line. 
You think it'll be a little big town? Something. But there's going to be like one like of an the- acapella country group. Oh, yeah. A couple guys, a couple girls. I, I like the one thing I like about college football versus the NFL is the incorporation of live animals into the pregame. <laughs> That's agree. true. I, like, I was watching one. I, I, what team was it? That LSU has, has a, has a live tiger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Monta- uh, Missouri has the buffalo. Georgia has that yeah, silly little There dog. are dudes. There are dudes out there. And it, they, it's basically like three guys per buffalo that have like a leash with like three handles on it. And the buffalo just runs out on the field. And these guys are like running behind him in case he goes wild. But I'm like, dude, one, the NFL could use more of that. Like anytime yeah. you have gigantic live animals just running around the Chicago field. Chicago Bears, awesome. done. Yeah, why don't you have a couple of grizzly bears just roaming around? Why? The sideline? But why don't they like the LSU tiger? They, he's in a little cage on the side. Why don't they yeah, let that thing just bad. roam around and put him on the visitor sideline? Oh yeah, you know what I mean, just yeah, I mean, you're not going to be watching idea. the game if you got that thing behind you. Survival of the fittest. That's, That's what I'm it. saying. It's a really and good idea. Florida Gators on the sidelines. Just have a gator over there. Alligator. Just just do it. Out. I, no, no. What they need is they need like okay, at like Gator World, right? Where uh, there's like a pit of alligators, and they do the raw chicken overhead, and they jump out. Yeah. What Florida needs at their stadium is like the the middle of the field like retracts, and there's yeah. like a gator pit under there. Yeah. And at <laughs> halftime, it's just what do they call it? The gator jumper or something yeah. that yeah. it's just like a thing every halftime they they lower chicken down and people watch gators jump for it it's the most exciting thing you could possibly watch at a live animal park i you gotta know? say i don't know what's going on or if there's something in the water jesse but that is yet another That's a great, great idea, idea. Yeah. i'm, I'm on really rolling so out. so we need to have literal integrations of college mascots at the games so the miami hurricanes they're doing that this weekend oh no yeah. so that's nice that's <laughs> too sensitive <laughs> Um, I'm trying uh, to, that's going to be a real moment of pain if we don't make it and people are listening to the show. That's the last thing. This is the last like, episode. They're like, they didn't even know at that time. They didn't even know. They didn't even know. Then you have like, then you have some that like, it just makes everything lame because like the Oregon Ducks. Which is <laughs> like, oh, <there's> some, <laughs> but it, duck. Everyone get everyone gets like a loaf of bread before the game when you walk in. Jelly <laughs> feeds the ducks. <laughs> I mean, well, like I'm saying, like, and, hey, not everyone can be Florida where there's where there's 30 foot alligators jumping out of retractable <laughs> pond in the middle of half to look you got to lean into the mascot here okay yeah. if you got ducks go with bread because as exciting as it is as excited as it is to see a gator jump out i'll be honest i have it's been a long time since i fed bread to a duck but there's a slight thrill when when you feel that duck walk up to your hand and you feel his little beak get your fingers when you're giving the bread it's like oh no 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 see we had duck we had uh downtown orlando is uh you go there's ducks and swans yeah and we're we were poor growing up. And so the big entertainment would be to go feed ducks, you yeah. know, go splurge on a couple slices of bread. It's a know? nice thing. Go down there. I remember as a two year old yeah. having the bread, we had like aggressive junkyard ducks, you oh, know, yeah. the kind with like the warts on their beaks. <laughs> they, yeah, they, yeah, and they, like, they yeah. sensed the bread from a hundred yards away and came full speed at me yeah. and their head level. That was the most terrifying thing. I just dropped it and ran, Absolutely. screaming. That is your and only I'm like, recourse. I'm t- I'm, to this Smart day, move. I would be intimidated to play the Oregon University of Oregon right. because I'm so intimidated by ducks. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, Texas Florida, Longhorns would be good. The Florida-Georgia game would be kind of fun. Texas Longhorns, to the, to the victor go the spoils, you slaughter the cow and have steaks. 
done. Exactly. Right there, on, uh, right there in the middle of the field. Yeah, that's that's right. the, that's the incentive for the visitors. You take what you beat. I would you say. beat them. You 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 earned it. You beat them. You eat them. That's the new rule. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, dude. Hey, there's a big. Uh, you know, the whole country. The whole country does not want LSU to get upset at any week because no one wants to see a tiger get eaten. But the rules are the rules. Rules are rules. You're going to have to. Those players are going to eat it. Well, exotic is delicious. Tiger meat no, meal. buffalo burgers are delicious. I got to say, yeah. there's actually a real huge problem with Gator that. Tail's pretty good. Nobody, nobody wants to see Tennessee lose because you got Jimmy Carter out there doing <laughs> habitat, and if they lose, well. You gotta eat Go Jimmy. Because he's a volunteer. Everybody's gonna eat a couple it's a of habitat. And it's a different volunteer every game. You always, it's always a different volunteer, and yeah. every week they might die. Yeah. It's just yeah. Real it's a really gruesome it's a real story. But, but if Tennessee wins, you have to donate to their cause. So it's it's a win, you know. Right. It's yeah. a big risk. You can but build a habitat house or you're, you're going to eat Jimmy Carter. And uh, <laughs> I, that's a rough I, game. I will say this. I don't dislike college football, but it's I like other things to watch uh, sometimes better. This would I would watch every single game. And Tennessee, Tennessee would be must watch TV because right. you're like because the whole nation's rooting for him. No one wants to see a volunteer get eaten alive right. by football players right. on live TV. I mean, it's just it's just something we don't want to see. She's, you know, like it's just like I, I just graduated from college and wanted to be a, a part of the Greenpeace, and I just why why are you doing this to me? Well, you're nope. a volunteer. Nope, UCLA. Two Sorry. little bears. That would be sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, USC that, yeah. Trojans. I mean, that would be at least he put up a fight. Gator you know? tail. Would yeah, be exa- fine. exactly. I mean, he's Gator not tail. going down without. If you're going to earn your meal for that one, <laughs> like the the other ones, it's like, oh well, I'm just going to root against the Hokies, which is just a big chicken in Virginia Tech. I mean, that's just. <laughs> I mean, I mean you know, honestly, sense. everybody's going to be rooting for South Carolina to lose because it's a nice chicken dinner for everyone. It's a delightful it's a meal. Delightful meal. <laughs> but Nebraska's a tricky one because you'd think it'd be corn, but it's actually corn huskers. They're just oh, a no. farmer. Oh, it's the poor workers. <laughs> you, just, you just put one some so, poor farmer, some poor deta- some kid who's detasseling <laughs> someone detasseling out there gets eaten oh, by the other team. They, oh. they lose a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that one. I can see that one now. Like the team needs to beat Nebraska, and because their mascot is like just that big corn guy. You know, and they're thinking, right. oh, thank goodness. We are just eating some delicious corn and not have to do something gruesome like eat a bulldog or, 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 or oh, no. a, a Bengal tiger right now. You know, and then they're like, why are there farmers out in the field? Oh, no. Oh, no, the no, corn no, huskers. Why would you do this? I didn't get the huskers fart. Oh, no. Oh, this is, uh, this is terrible. Uh, I think that the, the sad thing is about our plan is that like I'm going through teams in my head about half of them, uh, half of them, the scenarios involve any games with cannibalism. Well, the schools would quickly change their mascots. I mean, clearly. I mean, you're going to go to a nice, delicious... Uh, there'd be a lot of chicken chicken mascots. There'd be, a lot, right, there'd yeah. be like hogs and stuff. Like, like, there'd be like Arkansas right. with like the, you know, yeah, the, the hogs tennis, or whatever. Just be the Tennessee barbecue. You get the t- TCU, you get some frog legs at the end of the game. Delicious. Delicious. It's yeah. a good one. Isn't there one that's a yeah. tree? Sanford? Stanford, yeah. The Stanford. big trees, yeah. See, that's delicious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could handle it. You yeah, could you nibble could, on a yeah. bit of bark. There's a lot of fiber. Uh, hey, in case you missed it, this week, Jimmy Fallon invited the viral gospel singer from Houston to perform on The Tonight Show. Yeah. Following the hurricane that devastated uh, the city, a clip of worship breaking out at uh, a shelter went viral, garnering tens of millions of views. This week, uh, Fallon invited gospel singer Victoria White, the woman featured in the clip on the show, along with a Houston gospel choir to sing Lean on Me. 
Uh, Fallon also delivered a moving intro to the song announcing that the show would dedicate $1 million to recovery efforts. Here is a clip. But in the face of this tragedy, we saw good. We saw communities banding together, neighbors helping neighbors, strangers helping strangers, so many heroes, people like Mattress Mac, who opened up his stores and showrooms for those who needed shelter, a group of people who formed a human chain to save a man from a flooded SUV, and J.J. Watt from the Houston Texans, who has raised over $18 million to provide food, water, and supplies to the victims. And I'm proud to say that our show, The Tonight Show, is donating $1 million to J.J.'s fund. Thank you, J.J. The one thing about Fallon, I know like in the modern era of late night, we talked about this a lot where, you know, the, the political ch- climate and social climate has changed pretty dramatically in the country in the last, you know, I don't know, eight months or so. But and he's taken a lot of criticism for being uh, kind of hokey sometimes. A little, a little and, tone deaf. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I will say there are certain sentimental moments where uh, I do feel like he doesn't mind if, it, you know, doing something like this, like bringing a gospel choir out or, or delivering something kind of hard. He likes inspiration that, and joy. He doesn't exactly. like controversy. But, and But I think he's finding his voice on how to traverse it, right? Because yeah, he's doing a little bit more. It's really hard. He? I yeah. mean, he got because he got really emotional. I forget. It, there's so much happening. I literally forget what the issue week was. Week to week, day to day. But it was like I mean, last, yeah. it was like a couple weeks ago and he just kind of canceled the, he didn't like, he, he like opened the show with it and just talked about what he felt about it and how he felt like it was wrong and hurtful. I'm really embarrassed that I don't remember what it was because I'm like, it wasn't the transgender military. It wasn't. Literally stuck with you though. What was it? Oh, was it Charlottesville? Charlottesville. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Obviously it was Charlottesville. Yeah. And it was like, oh, well that's his role. He's just a really good person that's, like mourning with the country as opposed right. to like Colbert who is, you know, snarky and biting and giving us great criticism of it. But yeah. or, or even like Kimmel Kimmel, who I feel yeah. like is more like the kind of wise guy, you know, like you have Colbert with like the, he's got, you know, kind of that satire edge to them. Yeah. Kimmel, like I said, is sort of like the wise, cool guy, you know, mm-hmm. where, where yeah, Fallon is comfortable just being the sentimental inspirational one who, doesn't mind some emotional vulnerability where the other two aren't particularly emotionally vulnerable. Right. Hard to know how to, how to like what to do. It's hard to know how to be like, even on this show, sometimes I think we're like, I, I, you know, it's hard to know like, okay, well we want to joke and have fun, but also it's like, there's never a time where we shouldn't just be doing a special PSA about how crazy things are. So it's hard to know. The weird thing with us too is like we record three or four days before you guys hear it. Yeah. And so it, you know, we might be a few days past something that happened the weekend prior, right? By the time you hear it, probably many other things have taken over the national conversation. And so we even have the tension of uh, timeliness slash joining a conversation that's actually happening when you hear that, you know? So it's, it's not that... If you're if something like grabs your attention and your Twitter feed and your social media and then you kind of you're yeah. going to tune into our show yeah. that night to see what we had to say about it, realize we probably recorded it before the thing happened and mm-hmm. we didn't know. And so it's just we even straddle that tension as well. We're not oblivious. Yeah, it's just when do we say something? But it's sometimes, also crazy because you know? like in the history of the show, I felt like we had popped in and done sort of like a 
like we like after pulse we had a long conversation about yeah. that but we hadn't we don't do them like often right but now it just it seems like it's almost like the enormity of it is right. like which this ones is, which ones do you pick this is which our ones, this yeah. is the charlottesville week this every is the, week would be something it seems like now yeah. mm-hmm. you know know. D- you know and who knows this might be our last show and uh <laughs> and if so uh this was a very special you're like, why weren't episode? they more sentimental and <laughs> recapping we should have done a clip show they if <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah this is the they've done you know hundreds of i spent years of my life listening to these guys and a majority a portion of the opening of the show was talking about the moral dilemma of eating a nebraska farmer <laughs> <laughs> like, i mean they, they all agreed they would do it if that was the agreement but uh <laughs> right, if it's in a live the movie a live kind of situation but, and we're all no one's gonna, i'm not saying they're not gonna like it no one wants to eat a rare tiger okay no one wants that Right. We're cheering for LSU, but I'm just saying it heightens the intrigue. Okay, it, it, this, the, the, the sta- look, college football the stakes are already high. You oh, lose you one it. week, you're probably out you're done. at the end of the season. Yeah. This raises the stakes <laughs> if endangered animals are being eaten on live TV. Right. Okay, that's all I'm saying. It makes it makes it far more interesting. Every every AD in the country would be trying to schedule University of Texas because they're terrible, and you're going to get stakes afterwards. They call it raising, raising the stakes. Uh, uh, wow. uh, uh, I love it. You know, no, totally I've always it. known. Why'd you schedule Texas AD press conference? Oh, we just wanted to raise the stakes. Another uh, great Cameron Strang media venture. <laughs> really well done. Raising the stakes. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, slices. listening to summer heart the song is follow i.e follow your summer heart uh at the beginning of the podcast you heard heim uh but it wasn't just heim it was heim with a little bit of a remix by blood pop the song was little of your little of your love blood pop yeah blood pop one word with a little r registered symbol at the end of it a whole thing in it it's a whole thing these are your remix guys you got like poo little poo Blood pop. Some of the some of the DJ names are. What's your DJ name, Chandler? Drums. Drums. No, is that true? It's not yeah. DJ Drums. It's just drums. No, that's, that's my producing name. What, how do you spell that? D R O M E S. What's that mean? Like drones with an M. It's drones and drums cross because my first remixes were droning synths and drums. And it's really it's really hard to find. Hey, pro tip. Tell them it's to be announced. Tell them that's TBH. your name. Oh, TBH. because then they yeah. put that up on the marquee. DJ to be announced. People are gonna be like, dude, there's a big name. Skrillex is coming. It's a Skrillex secret show. Secret show going. They don't want. They can't even announce it yet. And they go, no, no. Literally, my DJ name's to be announced. So you know, (laughs) why not just go by Chandler Strang? It's just lots of reasons. Lots and lots of reasons. Go by Chandler Coffolds. Nobody will know who you are. (laughs) Nobody will care. Nobody will remember you. That really brings the people to the club. Chandler (laughs) Coffolds. Don't miss this Don't miss it. We booked it. Yeah, really? All right. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? 
All right. Well, like you're saying, there's a, always a lot that we could talk about and address, but uh, sometimes We're, our role is to bring a little levity and inspiration to the world. And that's what I want to do today. Uh, I want to tell you, because there is still a lot of these great stories out there in America. There's still a lot to be inspired by, despite everything, all the, uh, the turbulent things happening in our world. And one story is brought to us by Ray and Wilma Yoder. Uh, this week, they completed a task that I got to be honest. Honest, I, I'm su- honestly surprised that they survived, yeah. not just were able to yeah. do, because it's a pretty miraculous feat. Yeah, it's called pulling a yomer. It's, it's like only been <laughs> yeah. done once by them. Yeah, they, they are, uh, to my knowledge, the only person people ever to do this. They have just completed their quest to eat at all 645 Cracker Barrel locations across mm. the United States. <laughs> 645. So hold on. The average That's- meal at Cracker Barrel is at least 2,700 calories. Easily. Times 645. Oh, Oh, I, I, that's probably without the biscuits. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, you're talking just the gravy alone. Is, <laughs> is, is so, so let's say, I mean, th- these people, these people, and they're getting the sweet tea. Oh, so yeah. they're, they're 4,000 in every uh, meal <laughs> times 645. It's a, yeah. When they like, and like at Cracker Barrel, when you look under like the menu and it's like lighter fare, yeah. it's still like giblets and gravy. Like, <laughs> it's it's, light, it's the, under lighter fare, chicken fried calories. steak. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> well, it's got chicken in it. Like if you're exactly. dieting, yeah. Yeah. If Mr. and Mrs. Yomer are trying to go out light, they're just going to do a chicken fried steak with the gravy, six biscuits with gravy all over it, <laughs> with only oh, with only two sweet teas and instead two of six. Sweet teas, right? Yeah. You know, any place is is a kind of place you want to be eating when uh, macaroni and cheese is listed on the vegetable sides options. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> funny point. That's true. <laughs> you know, like uh, where's the? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Same with and, like, and they have the candied apple uh, like dessert thing as yeah. a vegetable. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, they they it took them 40 years because they spent a lot of time out on the road in the early in their marriage. They got the Um, diabetes and moving kind of slow. But here, okay, here's what makes this so shocking to me is that, okay, 645 Cracker Barrel meals, at least because that's how many locations they went to. That doesn't count. Like if they like, let's say they have a Cracker Barrel down the street from their house. I'm sure they're eating there all the time. Think about it. They had to eat at a Cracker Barrel so much that they had the idea to go eat at all of them. Exactly. 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 they're, like they yeah. started they're 2000 in before they started venturing out you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. So, so they they've gone to everyone, you know, six hundred forty-five. The last one that they did, um, their their quest recently ended in Oregon with a meal that fell on Ray's birthday. Guess how old? I kind of get, I kind of tip my hand a little to say that they'd been at this for forty years. But guess how old Ray turned during the this uh, when they finished their quest here? Thirty-eight. Oh man, eighty-seven. <laughs> Tyler. Yeah, I, I say 80, 80, 80, 85. 81, 81, 81. but still, years okay, here's what I love about this story. Not only is it like, okay, this is just like, because as listeners, longtime listeners of this podcast know, I love absurd challenges of endurance, doing things that no one asks you to do. Psychological, <laughs> psychological endurance challenges is I think yeah. what we call it. Yeah, exactly. This is an, the ultimate psychological endurance challenge because not only does it involve powering through, you, you know, 645 chicken fried meals, it also involves a, a massive amount of driving for very little payoff. Like the payoff is I get the same meal I yeah. just had yesterday. Yeah, I could have said I didn't have to drive eight hours. That's to get. right. I, I sat in the car for seven, seven hours to have the meal that I had before I got in the car. Great. 
like yeah. the, the the type the the type of of psychological strength that this involves, knowing what the payoff is at every stop, and knowing at the end of the journey, at the forty years, four decades of my life, the final stop that my reward will be yet another Cracker Barrel meal. I appreciate I I appreciate their ability to just power through knowing that. The other thing I like about this is it challenges everything we know about quote unquote nutritional science okay <laughs> because Ray turned 81 and he's lucid the other thing is I watched a video of him he dominates that little golf tee pyramid game on the Cracker Barrel tables yeah, yeah. he can beat it every time he plays it every day of his life the thing is, like, we hear all this, all this stuff about how bad greasy fried food is, not just for your body, but for your brain and staying sharp. Tell that to Ray Yoder. He's out there dominating <laughs> cats on the front porch of a Cracker Barrel, uh, you know, on any golf tee game in the shop. Yeah. And the man has eaten thousands of Cracker Barrel meals. It's inspiring to me because it shows I can eat whatever I want and I got a long life ahead of you me. You know what I'm thinking? You know who needs to reach out to them? Rob Bell. Because like Aaron Rodgers, you hit that top rung. Now what? Yeah. You're going to go through <laughs> yeah. a, a major spiritual life crisis right now. Yeah. I think Ray Yoder is going to hit his quarter life crisis and wonder what, why do I believe what I believe? Yeah. In a, quarter life crisis. How long do you think this guy's going to live? I, well, <laughs> he, 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 like this, he's going to go at least evidently, 320. Evidently, he's immortal, Tyler. I'm saying he's 320. Eating, <laughs> he is so full of gravy preservatives that he's never going to decay. Oh, no. He's he's rocking it to at least 2200. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> that's what, that's so, what I mean. I have friends. I have friends who eat really clean. Probably yeah. the reaction again. Yeah. Yeah. Methuselah over here. He. I have. I have friends who eat really clean. You know. Yeah. And they're they, gonna they watch. Have you ever seen an uh, like a, a how fast an organic like fruit or vegetable decays? That's what's yeah. going to happen to these clean eaters. Exactly. So you, you get a you get a Ray Yoder. You get a Ray Yoder. He's full of preservatives. Yeah, it's actually had an opposite effect. Right. Like it started to congeal and hold everything in place. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. plasticized on the inside. The moment any He's, sort of fiber enters the system, it's just going to be like, well, you might as well have been a volunteer. Yeah. Like, well, that, that's the thing too. Is the man the man his body has been forced to burn so many calories? It's running at maximum efficiency. <laughs> the, the other okay. Like, like I have friends that eat real clean, you know, and we'll go out to like five guys or something, you know, yeah. something, you know, a good greasy. And he's like, dude, I can't eat this, man. It's going to, this will, this will tear me up. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be hurting if I eat this. And I'm like, okay, well that's what the clean eating does for you. My system, I have the, the gastral the gastral capabilities of a billy goat right now. I can eat anything and I'll survive because my system has been trained. Like, oh, here's a question. When Navy SEALs are preparing for battle, yeah. for special ops, right. okay, are, are, they, are they going through something gentle and something right. clean? No. no. They're going through the harshest conditions that the, the <laughs> trainers can possibly throw at them. Right. That's what I'm doing with my stomach. That's what Ray Yoder has done with 645 Cracker Barrel meals. He wants to take the human body and when it screams, please, no one, not one more bite of gravy. He takes it to the edge and he looks over the precipice and he takes the bite. And guess what? His body is stronger. Jesse, for it. I can I can tell you, yeah. I can prove your theory as being accurate, because when I was in college, Every day I drank about six liters of Diet Coke mm -hmm. and, and one of those family sized six pound, five pound bags of hot tamales candy. Yeah. Like, I had a thick gelatinous coating on the inside of me that I was indestructible. <laughs> I, was, I was never sick and I was in the best shape of my life. I'm just saying 
I'm proving your your, your theory is true. If we can just add to the Jesse Carey file, yeah. would anyone be shocked if one day we're just browsing browsing the news feed and it's Loverland Virginia man visits every Chili's, right? <laughs> like this is like Jesse's saying it like it's crazy, but would That's any of us be shocked? With. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. If, if it came out, if it came out tomorrow, if it came out tomorrow that there was like this shocking like birth certificate was uncovered and Guy Fieri was actually over a hundred years old, anyone be surprised? But like his his bodily fluids have become donkey sauce at this point, and, not, and he's unkillable. Donkey he is sauce. unkillable. Like he's put everything in the human body that could kill it and it survived for it. It's like basically my understanding of how vaccines work, you know, like you put just enough so it doesn't infect your body. That's what you eat just enough donkey sauce. So it doesn't stop your heart. Right. Your heart gets stronger for it. And all of a sudden you have a 200 year old chef who looks like he's in the prime of his life and is bleaching his hair as, you know, uh, uh, it, you know, his tongue out to everyone. So yeah. I, 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 I have theories. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's good. All right. All right. What ha- What do you have, Eddie? Well, I mean, and I, I need to preface this by saying um, there is we don't really do a lot of potty uh, language on the show. And no, I don't. don't I don't like it. We got to keep that clean rating. I don't like it. Yeah. So and I don't mean potty like cursing. I mean, like actual like toilet humor. Oh, oh gotcha. So we don't do a lot of that. But I, I read this and I thought it was helpful. And I thought especially that it was going to be helpful for Ch- Chandler because it has to do with a Tinder date that went very <laughs> Very, very wrong. All right. I want to, I want to start, Eddie, I'm glad you're doing this one because I was on the fence. Yeah. I was like, is, is the relevant audience ready for this slice? And I couldn't make up my mind. So I'm glad that you're going to wade into the waters ahead of me and, and to see how, okay. see how this goes. And, I, and I'm interested too, because I actually talk with Eddie on the phone beforehand. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> you, walk it's a great story. softly. I'm here. on the edge of my seat. I have no idea what this <laughs> it's a is. Great story. I read okay. it last night. I read it last night on the internet and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm I want to talk about it, but I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. Day and age, all I'm reading is like the New York Times. Well, so I'm missing I'm gonna, whatever dark websites you guys are getting your news from. We're going to have to fill in a lot of blanks here because I'm not going to say okay. like a bathroom warrants. Okay. So in what could certainly be counted as the worst Tinder date in all of human history, two people in Britain, which I mean, right. Are we cleaning that? Already up on the wrong foot. Exactly. Hello. <laughs> um, we're on their first date when the woman went to use the dates. The loo. The loo. The loo. Now, of course, what would be... Thanks for keeping it clean, Cameron. I'm not like these vulgarians (laughs) that would have said bathroom. Right. And again, what would, if you would imagine, if you're going over to someone's house for the first time, what would be the the worst case scenario if you went to use their bathroom? Uh, Certain... emergency-ish type things. And or, let's say the toilet doesn't flush. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's as far as we're going to get into that. Okay. So that's what happens to her. Non-working plumbing. Oh, Non-working no. plumbing. Yeah. And she is mortified. <laughs> yeah. Now, this happens to everyone, but I can understand first date, like she's just feeling really embarrassed. I, I need to be very careful about this. So this is when she decided, I'm going to need everybody's help to kind of tread this. This is when oh, she decides I, I to make that. certainly the worst decision maybe that has ever been made in the history of the world Wow! that instead of just going out and kind of owning up, she decides to try to fix it by retrieving items from the toilet and tossing it out the window. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then she walks.
walks out. Oh man, she it's walks like out. So she, much. We're so, so not even at the worst part of the so, story. So we're not even at the. But we've gotten through the grossest part. So now we're just into the awkward part, which is more in our zone. So okay. I feel like we're gonna make um, it. Okay. She then. Yeah, you walks, got us. At, we're out of the woods. Okay, continue. So then she walks out and tells the Tinder date what happened, which no. is v- vexing to me. Why? You Would were. You, do you that? just went through all that. It's a perfect crime. It was done. It's a perfect crime. Um, there, there's a reason. There's a reason why she had to explain herself. Why? So she was thwarted by a design quirk, as it were, in which the bathroom window was made up of two non-opening windows and the things that she tried and thought she was throwing out a window uh, was not thrown out the window, but had basically just thrown it into his home, into this window. Wait, so it's like a deep window or something? Like, how could she not know that it was like a space in between two of them? Yes. Two two window panes with a space in between them. So like a thick wall or a two foot distance. It's dark outside. It's nighttime. Right. So she's throwing it into the the crevice, essentially. Yeah. So wow, still di- I wouldn't have told. Still I would have been like, still, I, don't know. I, mean, I don't know how that. No, got you not only <laughs> obviously we would never it was think a home invasion. Literally, he would never <laughs> think that it was his date who did that. Yeah, who would I, I that. would have thought someone broke into my house and did something really weird. No, like <laughs> some real sicko. Some real sicko's been here. Yeah, you <laughs> know what I would have done? I would have walked out after being you know finished and just said, "Hey, there's a really weird smell in there," right. and just like act like you discovered right. it. Right. You leave the what the only move in that situation is walk right out the front door. Walk right out the front door, delete <laughs> yeah. your Tinder profile. Yeah. This never happened. <laughs> yeah. Like it's you would never existed. You go straight off the grid, move yeah. to a different country. Well, no one certainly it wouldn't you. have made, it wouldn't have made like her internet famous. You yeah. know what so, I mean? Like the guy would, the guy may have been telling his buddies, but it's not going to escalate to the place that it did with this particular story. So here's what she did. She then, the two of them are trying to figure out what to do because she has essentially done exactly what we understand she's done. Oh so she goodness. climbs head first no. to try to clean it no. and then gets stuck. No. So now upside she is down stuck between two windows. Upside down. Upside down. Um, so uh, <laughs> she goes, it ends up breaking the window and then in a very millennial move, she starts a GoFundMe page oh to my. raise money to fix well, well, the window. Well, not only that, they had to call the fire department. Yes, to the fire her. department had to come let her out. Right. Uh, she has since raised $2,500, which I think is like four pounds or something like that in uh, Britain money. But uh, so uh, she has raised money and um, it is by far the worst Tinder date ever. And I, I really do apologize because I think in the history of ever being on this show, I've never yeah. shared such a graphics life. But this was that's just mind boggling. Like if you were to th- like try if you were to issue a fiction short story challenge <laughs> to come right. up with the worst Tinder date. Right. You couldn't have come up with that. Right. It, yeah. I mean, just, the, yeah, here's my here's my other issue. It's like, look, at least be a gentleman about this thing, dude, because he took a picture of her stuck upside down between the two windows and posted it on Reddit. No, at that point that's his duty hello oh man i I feel like at least at least have that you can retell the story but the poor woman her moment of shame is is just like the the worst most embarrassing moment of her life is now being posted on reddit i'm assuming it has her approval because she's the one promoting the gofundme page maybe she has a good sense of humor about this but it seems like he escalated this to a place he didn't need to go but it is a remarkable story i don't even know where to go from there at what point well, did she make the wrong move? Like we know there's obviously a lot of wrong moves here, but what was the first move that was that took her down a dark the retrieval, path? The thought to retrieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Y- yeah. Figure yeah, out no. how to flush the toilet. It, yeah. Like, Just like, hey, no, your was, plumbing's broken. It's really embarrassing. I can't believe this happened, but I'm really sorry. Your toilet broke. Right. Yeah, I was using that, your toilet. That was the fundamental. Everything after that was just, you know, 
Yeah. A series of mistakes on top of mistakes. But anyhow, you, <laughs> you know what? This is a this is a lesson about like lying. You know, like one right, little yeah. lie doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but then you gotta tell a lie to cover the lie. Bingo. Then you mm-hmm. gotta tell another lie to cover that lie. Before and now it's it. a wicked web of deceit that we've woven. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and your sins will find you out. And one day you'll be the girl stuck between upside down between two panes of glass with the whole world laughing at you. Just remember that next time you want to do a little deceitful thing, people. <laughs> well, that, that this is the outcome right yeah. here. Jess, I just want to say, would, I, I wasn't planning on doing that slice, but you said I should, Jesse, and I think it was a really wise move. So well, well we, done, we got a, it was an object lesson. We got a nice moral lesson out of it. You know, we yeah, had, yeah, a, we had a full house moral of the story moment at the end. Yeah. So I really, I I really did this. something today, didn't you did. I? You've, <laughs> helped, you've helped the world. You're welcome. Yeah. If that was your just last slice ever, in. because the hurricane's going to wipe oh, us all oh, out. bummer. Yeah. <laughs> oh. mm. All right, what do you have, Tyler? <laughs> well, it's nothing as dramatic as, as Eddie's. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad, Eddie. I do appreciate you taking the bullet from me on that one. There, I, yeah. You know, it was a slice that needed to be shared, and you're the right one to share it. Yeah. Um, we needed the past but, the pastoral perspective to w- yeah. kind of guide us yeah. through that. I think I've pretty Counselor, much I've, you, you need. I've, I've pretty much blown that up. I it's think. like when a church Definitely. has a traumatic thing happen; they bring in a, a pastor from the outside to kind of like walk everybody through it together. That's what right. you just did with that slice. Yeah, I appreciate when, that. When you when you You're went welcome. to seminary, I'm sure this is what you pictured. How it all happened, <laughs> how it all this down. is what I thought. This I is what it'll apply. I'll say this: if you were in ministry, that you your your tenure would come up for a vote. I'll say that in ministry terms. <laughs> <laughs> youth directors who are thinking about using that slice by the way for like a real hot illustration for your next Sunday about talk about deceit and, and lies upon lies don't do it it's, it's all right a, there it's pretty skillful to get through that I wouldn't I uh, wouldn't try it <laughs> Tyler I'm sorry <laughs> to interrupt some, you've got something real hard and hard hitting right I, I've got some, I got something good we're all going to be able to get behind this one so uh, where are you guys at on uh, on televised award shows I love them I watch them all I'm actually I love I love them too. I really love uh, social media during Me too, televised yeah. award shows. I love interacting with you guys yeah. on Twitter during That's televised right. it's award the highlight. shows. The so social media and, highlight of the year is like this is why Twitter exists, so we can all sit there and live tweet I know pithy comments about these three award shows a year. Right. I try not to yeah. get catty about like the uh, I don't like to comment on the outfits in love, you right. know, but I like to get catty about just all of entertainment. It's just yeah. really fun. So the reason I ask is because there is a new televised award show that's going to be kicking off next year. This award show is actually being put on by uh, our, our man Chance the Rapper. And this award show is going to be not awarding actors or musicians, but it's going to be an award show that nominates and awards teachers across the country. Oh. The students are going to be able to nominate teachers, principals, uh, education workers for diff- for various categories, for award categories for education. And then the nominees will be flown out to Chance the Rapper's big award show. It's called the Twilight Awards. It's going to be hosted by James Corden. Kicks off on CBS next year. I kind of love that. I like the idea behind it. I like that like it, it's a good it's a good feeling thing and there's a lot of attention obviously about like we need to find a way to uh appreciate and recognize people in education more than they're recognized right now. Uh, and Chance has obviously been very vocal about how much he loves education and he's given a lot of money to Chicago public schools. Um, will this be something, will this provide the same sort of visceral entertainment that the Oscars or the Emmys will? If James <laughs> Corden is involved, maybe, but we're not going to get like an MTV VMA. Set. Like, I don't think you're going to get Miley Cyrus out there or anything like that, but he does promise no. that he's going to have a lot of musical acts involved. No, it will not get the same attention. It'll be like a Jerry Lewis telethon. 
We didn't. We didn't like do snarky, pithy comments during the Jerry Lewis telethon. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm going to make fun of what some teacher's wearing. That's no fun. Like, what do you make? Like thirty five <laughs> grand a year? Come on, where's your gown? Yeah, seriously, who who wears a denim jumper and a yarn necklace with an apple on it to an award show? Who could ever do that? <laughs> Were you homeschooled, Eddie? What is this? What no, is this that outfit? was when I was no, oh, Eddie. Yeah. I feel you, man. When I was young, that was the official uniform of like elementary school teachers with a denim jumper with a red. Sweater yeah. that had like a chalkboard patch. Yes. It had like an apple patch. It had like a little uh, arithmetic problem on there, you know? Yeah. Had a handwriting thing. Yeah. No, I can I just, you. can you see it, Ryan Seacrest? Who are you wearing tonight? And it's like, oh, I made this vest last Christmas as a fun <laughs> festive vest. Awesome. Let's get you into our 360 booth. And it's like e fashion and whatever. It should be like that. It'd be so fun. Uh, oh, I hope they do that actually. Like, and you can show off your little like cat bangles bracelet or something to the rest of the crowd. It's fantastic. I think, in theory, this is a great idea that's recognizing a very deserving profession. Yeah. I don't know what the entertainment value is going to be because, it's yeah, chance a lot of people who watch. watch award shows are sort of hate watching. Yeah. Well, you know, they're be, like, it, right. That, right. The, the thing is, like, this is going to be totally heartwarming because they're going to show, like, of course. They'll, they'll do like three or four minute packages of like telling their stories and kind of going to the school and it'll be so heartwarming oh, and overwhelming wonderful. how much they care about And then their they kids. come back and, you know, then Miley's going to do some ballad on a bar stool yeah. with a thing about how a teacher changed her life and and then there'll be interviews and it's yeah. just really nice yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like you get that a story of like yeah this is uh mrs uh lewis from who teaches third grade in nebraska she's overcome a lot of hardship in her life her right. father was a farmer who was eaten after a college <laughs> 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 a, a particularly devastating loss but, that, she, that but she does one of those beautiful moments where she's standing on stage with another teacher from tennessee and they just want to raise awareness about how oh, like no. the system is broken yeah the, the college <laughs> education system is deeply deeply broken new- sarah mclaughlin <laughs> is singing in the arms of the angels in the background yeah. as the this two of them the- Give well, really she's saying that because of all the bulldogs who were eaten. You yeah, know, she's sad about the dogs. Yeah. 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 A very short-sighted rule that was brought into college football <laughs> just earlier this year has already cost hundreds of lives. Yeah. <laughs> it's irreversible. I mean, it, it, look, several it endangered species are now gone forever. Not one yeah. habitat yeah. home has been finished in 2017. <laughs> well, nobody wants to volunteer anymore. It's really, yeah. really a bummer. Literally, the entire charity world's bottom just fell out. Yeah. No, no volunteers mm. anywhere to be found. No, yeah. not a one. Unhu- unhusked corn on every street corner. <laughs> right. Just piled up rows of maize. There's just, there's just empty red containers by the grocery store and nobody's <laughs> ringing a bell because they were all eaten. It took, a, it took a minute, but I think it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, it took it it, it, it it was almost immediate that uh, they realized these new rules were very misguided when they realized that very few teams were poultry based. But look, rules are rules and the wheels of you know the higher ups in the NCAA take a it took us it took us a decade to get a, a four team playoff here. Yeah. You think we're reversing this mascot rule just because we're killing and cannibalizing hundreds of people a year. I'm sorry. Things take time and there's a process. So just respect the rules. Hence the new, hence the new award show trying to save our teachers. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Hillsong Young and Free. Tip
listening to John Mark McMillan. The song is Mercury and Lightning. And hey, if you haven't heard his new album, go check it out. It's awesome. Yeah. It is cool. really good. Well, this week's feature segment is brought to you by Warby Parker. Uh, founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal, Warby Parker set out to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. Their prescription glasses started just 95 bucks, including the prescription lenses. Their aesthetic is vintage inspired with a contemporary twist. Every pair is custom fit with anti-reflective polycarbonate prescription lenses. And they are available exclusively through Warby Parker's website and retail stores. Hey, the thing I love about Warby Parker, aside from just they look great and I have a bunch of pairs. My son wears Warby Parker's. Um, For every pair that you buy, they give a pair of glasses. They give sight to somebody in need. There's almost a billion people worldwide that lack access to glasses that need them and uh, Warby Parker is trying to make a dent in that and I love supporting good causes it's a good price it's a great style it's a good quality product and they give back and I love that win 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 Every, yeah and for so many reasons like we can I cannot say enough good things about Warby Parker like how like and I realize that they're pretty above board but how a normal glasses store even exists at this point with the invention of Warby Parker is beyond me like who would just go in and wait like weeks and buy some junky frames they're the coolest they are they're great head to warbyparker.com slash relevant to order your free home try-ons today you can choose the five frames you like to try on you they send them to you you try them on mm-hmm. take pictures see what looks good on your face and then you mail the frames back all free of charge you can then choose your favorite pair to have your prescription added and just order away warby parker makes the experience completely risk-free and free shipping all around go to warbyparker.com slash relevant today and they have maybe the world's best customer service. I agree. They're I mean, great. really, there's there's something else. If you mention them on Twitter, like not even if you like at them, like right. they have a team that's like watching Twitter, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, my new Warby Parker skin, or whatever." They'll like, "Oh, you look so great! I love yeah, that." Like, they'll like interact with you. It's like real people. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. They're awesome. Hillsong Young and Free is a worship outfit from Australia that blends E and what would a worship outfit look like? We I got mean, the teacher outfit down. <laughs> a worship gowned. outfit? Is it a flowy thing yeah. for like the dance ministry? Yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a glorious robe. It is a glorious <laughs> robe. Hillsong Young and Free is a glorious robe from Australia that blends EDM and indie pop with contemporary praise and worship. The band just released a brand new single called Love Won't Let Me Down, and their latest album, Youth Revival Acoustic, has drawn praise from none other than Justin Bieber, who called the track Falling Into You his favorite song. You, you can't go. get much higher praise than that. I mean, for a pop song. Well, you can you give know? higher praise, like to God. Yeah, But you can't really much get higher praise than Justin Bieber saying it's your favorite song. Farewell, Justin exactly. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> we recently talked with the band singer Alex Pappas about the new single and had him walk us through some of the band's standout tracks. How old is he? Uh, they're, they're all about college age, high school and college. I always think of them as children, but they're not. No, no, no. But like, no. The but first time I saw them, their album hadn't come out yet. They had just released like an EP. Right. And uh, Hillsong United was playing down in Miami and I was yeah. hanging out with the guys and uh, I showed up late to the so- show, so I didn't see the opener. Apparently Hillsong Young and Free was the opener, right? So I'm just there for United and seeing Which, who show. else is going to open for them? Yeah, I, well, I, didn't, I didn't know them at that point. This I was understand. years ago, yeah. several years ago. And they were just starting out and they were younger then. And at the very end of the Hillsong United okay. set, like there's a finale song yeah. and these kids come running out on stage. I literally thought kids from the crowd broke onto the stage. Right, like they're all, singing, I was they're like, all singing like Heal is, the World or why something. Why is security not doing anything about this? Right. Like, because there's like 20 of them. Right. Did you I, almost take the law into your own hands? I was giving eyes to some of my friends and I was like, uh, you want me to do something? Yeah. Like, do you give me the look? Are you panicked? 
You're like, I am a magazine Apparently, publisher. Apparently, that was Hillsong Young and Free. Yeah. And, and now okay. I'm a fan, and they are, they are not as young as they were So they were younger ago. when yeah. they first, because I remember. They were like a high school ministry back then. Okay, yeah, good. Because yeah. I, I used to perpetually see them as that, but apparently. No, they've grown up. They respect the laws of time. And well, just like Hillsong older. United used to be the college band, and now they're all mid-30s, upper 30s. Yeah. They're just going to keep I, doing this, aren't they? Just rolling new Hillsong bands onto us. Yeah, and now someday all the Hillsong guys are just going to start going to different Cracker Barrels. Thank <laughs> 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 you so I was just saying, you know, like right now, Darling, it allows Darling Chuck to go hit all the Cracker Barrels. I, That's I what never, I was going to say. I have never fought so hard to remember a word in my life because I forgot yeah. the word Cracker Barrel. I'm like, come on, man, come on. <laughs> if it seems like Darling Chuck has, you know, hit the fountain of youth, you are correct. And in the fountain of youth is a vat of gravy from Cracker Barrel. It makes you indestructible. <laughs> the other thing, too, is Cameron, I wish you would have executed a couple of citizens' arrests on the members of Hillsong Young and Free when they ran on stage. Well, I, as as you know, possible as you know, I have a strong sense of justice and right and wrong. And exactly. when I see some uh, scoff laws uh, breaking the security scoff barrier, laws. jumping scoff up on stage laws. during the during the finale, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if you're the opener. I don't care if yeah. you're supposed yeah, the to be rules there. Are rules. That's why I advocate that these poor Nebraska farmers get eaten every week because a rule is is meant to be there. You know, you can't you can't make exceptions here. You know. Yeah. Next thing you know, the, the the real kids running on the stage. <laughs> Society breaks down if we don't eat that farmer. Is what I'm saying. I don't care if you're working in a homeless shelter every week and you're trying to pass out food. We lose, you get eaten. You know, it's called <laughs> volunteer. And you probably are. the best intro they've ever had. Here is yeah. no song, young and free. Yeah, I know that you're- about the brand new single love won't let me down yeah for sure well so i wrote this song with a good friend of mine who's also a fantastic producer his name's michael fatkin and um we meet up you know we always like we'll kind of start the day um while doing two things one we'll um honestly we'll just talk about god we'll talk about what we've been reading what's been popping out um to us just what you know what God's been speaking to us about lately and and then we'll also spend we'll spend a bit of time just like listening to new music and you know trying to find something that inspires us we wrote the song in uh, early january and like for me it was after um a little bit of a personal like uh, valley you could say going through a bit of personal life crisis and um you know we met up to to write that day and like funny thing is i actually really just wanted to write like the sad worship song (laughs) like the one like you know about hope and faith and blah 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 in hindsight it was just yeah very clever of god as we were talking about god and things like that i just go went it's like you know i'm so let down by uh, you know so many things at the moment and and it was funny that as we kept chatting it was like well we need to write the song that for me right now is going to put like put some truth into my mouth that i could sing and sing to god and keep singing until i believe it and um you know in the music video we tried jokingly showing that all the things that do let us down and and don't work out the way we want to whether it be relationships or jobs or any like various things um the truth that we maybe wanted people to get was that you know god is good 
I, I wanted to ask you about another song that, that it has been getting a lot of attention lately. Um, the acoustic version of Falling Into You. I, you know, I, I feel like I hear this song all the time and I even saw on Instagram like Justin Bieber said it's his favorite song like it's it's one of these that really <laughs> seems to strike a chord I mean I wish I could say that there's just like uh, a simple method um, methodology and the way that stuff just works but I, I don't know man I think that's what's cool about worship music is there's just something special about like actually stripping it back and turning it into something beautiful and yeah i man i don't know there's something about that day honestly a lot of the a lot of the recordings on the acoustic project um we actually sort of just sat down in that room that you can you know see on the the live dvd of all that stuff yeah um a lot of it just sort of like happened and we just kind of got in the room and we're worshiping like with a few cameras rolling which was funny because there was shards of uh, mirror all over the floor and it was literally just like a corner in the back of the studio that we used but i don't know man there was it was something really cool about those few days that we pulled that project together that it was yeah i mean with nobody really watching we just Try, you know, did something different, and I don't. There's something really special about that whole project that we we just love so much. Tell me about one of the songs on that album that you personally have found uh, meaningful, you know, creatively, but also spiritually on the Youth Revival Acoustic album. I think my favorite one is actually like, it's probably the most simple one on there is uh, the In Your Eyes acoustic version. And um, I mean, I love both versions of that song, but um yeah, I mean that song is. I think that song is so profound. Like, which is is really funny because it's you know also normally very high tempo, energetic, whatever. But I think it's the most beautiful song. Um, it just talks about you know the world, the world that we live in. There's there's so many things that try to um, like steal our attention and everything, like everything. Um, from social media to no matter where you go, there's bulletins and flashing lights and all this stuff that tries to wrap you up. And it's so it's so easy for everybody, for me, for anyone to get so distracted by it all and lose sight of what's really important. And um, but then the song obviously just talks about really simply in the chorus, just getting lost um, in his eyes. And I just think it paints this like beautiful picture of of relationship, of relationship with God, because um, you definitely don't stare longingly into the eyes of a stranger. You know, you don't stare longingly into the eyes of even like, I don't know, even like whoever you like, you only stare into the eyes, you only get lost in the eyes of someone that you love, someone that you trust. And like, I think it, yeah, it paints this like beautiful image that like you kind of go, like, oh, it's only this like romantic thing that, you know, we, we limit, but the, our relationship with God can actually be the most profound and deep and amazing relationship there is if we 
allow ourselves to focus there. So that song, that recording of it was super simple. And I don't know, that one's always been really special to me personally. Hill Sound, Young and Free. Check out their new album. It's great. Pretty young and free. Like, fairly young. Aren't there only like a couple dozen of these tigers left in the world? I really don't <laughs> want to kill and eat this thing. Well, you got to do Rules it. are rules, man. Yeah, you're the one that named it the albino, albino Bengal tiger. You only knew you could lose two <laughs> games ever. When your skin doesn't feel like home. Listening to Miss Mister, the song is Wrong Victory. It's a real tragedy when the manatees lose because you just realize and that's what they play. Like, no, this was the wrong victory to have. There's only one of these left. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't. Oh, man. Yeah. This is the new intro to a lot of college football songs or a lot of college football games. Wrong Victory. Yeah. Miss Mister. <laughs> well, this week's episode is also brought to you by Tracker. Pretty uh, pertinent for our times. Oh my goodness! If, hey, it, your, your phone, your wallet, your keys—you ever lose them? Uh, you, you know they're plotting against you. They're hiding somewhere. Right. They're trying to make you late. They're usually successful. Well, their game is finally over now, thanks to Tracker. Um, Tracker began eight years ago when they released their first tracking device and it changed everything. And now they've done it again with the all new Tracker Pixel. It's the lightest Bluetooth tracking device on the market. You can simply place the Tracker Pixel on whatever you tend to lose your keys, wallet, even your cat, like the, the collar, you know, like you really could, you really could. That's what I'm saying. Like it's clever. Yeah. Uh, then when you misplace that item uh, that has the tracker pixel attached to it, you can use your smartphone and a 90 decibel alert will help you find it in seconds. It even has powerful LED lights. So you can find anything even in the dark. Oh, um, you can locate your item if it's miles away, even outside of Bluetooth range, because every tracker user is part of the largest crowd locate network in the world. Mm. So you can look on a map and say like my tracker is at that restaurant 10 miles away because somebody in the vicinity who's also a tracker user helped help tag it. So uh, it's awesome. I use it. It's on, it's in my wallet right now. It's on my keys. I probably literally use it five times a week. Yeah. Um, Does Jesse mind that you put one underneath his skin so that you could get him on the show once in a while? I put it on his collar. So when he's here, because he tends to wander when we go to theme parks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been lost and terrified uh, at numerous (laughs) theme parks. So it's it's, it's a real lifesaver for me. Yeah. Uh, Right now they're offering Real Podcast listeners a special offer. You can go to the tracker that's T R A C K R dot com. Enter a promo code relevant to get twenty percent off any order, not just your first order, but any order, twenty percent off. That's the tracker dot com. Use promo code relevant, twenty percent off. Neat. 
Chris Hurts is an anti-human trafficking activist and the author of the new book, The Sacred Enneagram, Finding Your Unique Path to Spiritual Growth. Chris spent years being mentored by Mother Teresa and studied the Enneagram under Father Richard Rohr to... uh, you know, you might have heard of those two. Yeah, there's very few resumes and name drops that work better than that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, all right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll read your book. I'll, then. Give, I'll give you a shot. Yeah, exactly. How could you possibly one up that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's almost like he could win any argument at any dinner party. Oh, yeah. You really thought? Where'd you learn that? You yeah. know what uh, Mother Teresa once yeah, told me about that? Well, when I was fine. serving <laughs> by her side in Calcutta for three years. Yeah, yeah let me refresh your memory on what yeah. she taught me. Yeah, it's you like, know, Father Richard Rohr would disagree with you. He told. <laughs> me personally that it's like all right man i was already going to read your book but now okay yeah you got me the uh, the book is a deep dive into the history of the enneagram and explains why it's uh, far more than a personality test it's a tool to understanding your true identity in god and how you can know him more we recently spoke with chris about the book him being god uh yeah not not chris. i just want to make sure yeah yeah um uh, why christians should be familiar with the enneagram and how it can impact your life i it, it changed my life um as tyler you said you talked to shauna about it uh for me mm-hmm. it was three years ago uh yeah. shauna well don miller and shauna yeah. um i mean they're no mother mother Teresa and father richard Rohr, but they're i mean pretty close pretty close uh they don i was at his house he he's like you've got to read this book and it was the wisdom of the enneagram which yeah. is a different book and then um, Shauna, who also, it, it really impacted her. She kind of talked me through a lot of it. And, and I'm telling you, a few hours of reading that thing and a, and a few hours of conversation uh, with people who, who know it and know it well was probably more impactful to me than a year of counseling that I was wow. um, in that season. It was, it, was, it was life-changing. And I don't say that lightly. So, yep. I mean, if you haven't... Embrace Enneagram. If you haven't read uh, this book, The Sacred Enneagram, I would highly advocate that you do. And there's been a lot of talk lately about how the Enneagram is sort of like the new Christian fad kind of thing. And I, I hear it's that. It's like 600 years old. I, right. It's done o- by monks. Not only that, but I understand yeah. the like, because I was like skeptical of it as well. <clears throat> but I, I I have learned a huge amount about myself. I'm excited about this book. You know, those trendsetters, those ancient monks that, uh, yeah. you know, came up with all the hot <laughs> new buzz yeah. stuff, you know. I got to say. All their Instagram and Snapchat. Chat. The thing that's helpful to me, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of different things have helped them self-identify yeah. and kind of yeah. understand your strengths and weaknesses. The thing that was impactful to me more than any was that I, you know, especially having gone through like a divorce where you feel like mm-hmm. you're broken or you, you know, you can't be loved or whatever. Uh, to go through this where it's like God made me a certain way. Now, the Enneagram helps you identify how healthy you are within that thing that God made you. Right. There's levels of health. And I was able to identify areas where I was and unhealthy, but it helped me at my core not feel bad for who God made me, yeah. but it made me want to become the healthiest version of who God made me. And that is different than saying, well, I'm a flawed person. I'm broken. I can't this, that, whatever. Uh, no, God made you a certain way for a reason. And yeah. it, I, the Enneagram is transformative if you really embrace it. Yeah. yeah. That's why I can't wait to read this book. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited about it. Here is Chris Hurts. So a lot of people may have heard about the Enneagram, but may not be familiar with actually what it is. Can you give just like a high level overview of what the Enneagram is uh, for people who this is sort of their introduction to it? Sure. So I, um, 
I, I understand the Enneagram uh, personality, which is the, the, the form and the application of what we're, we're doing with the Enneagram now as um, a way of sort of decoding or deciphering or, or even sort of displaying our ego set of coping addictions that we've wrapped up around a childhood wound. And we do this so that we don't have to face the pain and tell ourselves the truth about who we really are. And instead, what we do is we, we, we allow these coping addictions to sort of fortify the mythology of our own ego projections, which ultimately ends up being some of the masks that we wear or, or our personality. And so what the Enneagram does is it exposes our personality as a mask and sort of invites us to, 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 to take this mask off and to really excavate our essence to figure out who we really are, what our true self is, what our, our essential nature needs to, how our essential nature really needs to come forward so that we can be the gift that we were, were born and created to be. The title of your book is The Sacred Enneagram. Tell me a little bit about why you wanted to include the adjective sacred. What makes, what, what, describe what is the sacredness of the Enneagram? One of the, the men who's, who's credited for, for sort of the rediscovery of the Enneagram um, in the 40s was a, a Bolivian wisdom teacher by the name of Oscar Ichazo. And, and what Oscar Chazo actually did was bring forward 108 different Enneagrams. He called them Enneagrams. The, the 108 Enneagrams that he brought forward, like I said, the one that that's most, we're most familiar with is the Enneagram of personality or sometimes referred to as the Enneagram of process. Um, what I tried to do in my book was actually sort of move the conversation forward. And um, I, I, I tried to say, well, if, if there's an Enneagram of personality, if there's an Enneagram of the passions, an Enneagram of fixations, um, what does the sacred Enneagram look? And, and essentially what the sacred Enneagram that I'm suggesting in the book is, is that our type, our Enneagram type, isn't fundamentally uh, about the type of person we are, but it's more of a pathway back to God, a path back to our true selves. And, and so what I do in the sacred Enneagram is, is, I, is I help folks come to terms with one of the nine types where they are dominant in. And then I, I essentially try to suggest uh, there are nine different ways to pray. There's nine different ways to sort of do our inner work, to nurture our own spiritual lives. And when we can discover what our unique path back to God is, there's something deeply sacred, very simple, but still deeply sacred in that. It's interesting because you sort of frame the idea of a personality as like a construct, as this thing that develops because of experiences that you've had and things that you've gone through. Uh, but how do you draw the line between that and the person that God designed you to be? Like, where does the line between we are a culmination of our experiences and we are a unique person with a unique personality designed by God? Sure. So, so what I, I think the Enneagram helps us do is, is, is differentiate and discern the difference between personality and character. And, and so what I think, when we look at the nine types within the Enneagram, what we're, we're essentially looking at is character structures. And, and so what are nine character structures that help us sort of bring forward our best self? Well, well, the word character comes from the Greek word to engrave into stone. And I think our character is really the fruit of us being intentional, being intentional in developing our spirituality and nurturing that, being intentional and and um, really living into and embodying our values, the, the principles that, that guide us. Like I said, personality, this comes from the word for mask. 
And, and I think the, the difference between character and personality is, is character is what we, 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 we develop through, through, through our inner work. But, but personality really is this collection of fragments. And, and these collection of fragments, if it's our memories, if it's our eccentricities, if it's our foibles, if it's our quirks. Unfortunately, what a lot of us allow is to let one of these fragments of our personality lay claim to the whole of who we think we are. So if you're funny or if you're artistic or if you're really smart, like, and you want to lead with that and you over-identify with that fragment, a lot of us end up building personality around that fragment. A lot of us actually sort of fasten that mask to our sense of self and we begin to polish that mask and we begin to believe that that mask is who I, I ultimately am. Um, personality isn't bad. In fact, it's, it's, it's important. It's one of the ways that we, um, we transmute and express the gifts of who we are. But um, there's so much more to us than simply personality. For people who are Christians and believe that their part of their purpose is to grow closer to knowing God and developing a deeper relationship with Him, why do you think the Enneagram is something that is important to discover and put into practice in their lives? You know, for, for folks who grew up in historic Christian faith traditions, there's a series of ways that, that we have been offered to help us on our faith journeys, right? So we, we have various ways of praying. We have various ways of worshiping. We have various ways of, of doing Bible study. And, and, and all of these things are, are helpful exercises, let's say, for our soul. But um, at a certain point, um, one of our, our, our teachers, Father Thomas Keating, says that at a certain point in all of our all of our Christian experience, the way that we've nurtured our spirituality will no longer work. And when that happens, um, that, that gets really hard for people. You know, they, they think this is sort of the introduction to a dark night of the soul. And, and for others, they, they hit this wall and, and, and they just sort of putter out. And that's it. This is as far as I think I'm, I'm going to be able to go. Well, my sense is, is when we hit those walls, when the old ways no longer energize us, excite us, work, we're actually at a crossroads and, and I think it's actually a really exciting time in all of our lives because I think what it is is it's an invitation to go deeper and not go deeper in new ways of praying but actually return to old historic practices that are rooted in our historic Christian contemplative tradition and, and my sense here in the sacred Enneagrams is that as we come to terms with what our type is that actually gives us a key that actually gives us a clue of what it looks like to nurture a, a deep christian contemplative spirituality and so in in the book I, I suggest that if you're in your heart if you're if you're intelligence center right your intelligence center in the enneagram is, is is the three ways that we perceive reality it's either through our our body or our instincts it's either through our heart or our emotions or it's either through our head or our thoughts and, and when you can come to terms with what your, your dominant intelligence center is, the, the first gift, the obvious gift of that is that you are now more capable of trusting your God-given innate tools for discernment. So if you're in your heart, if you're two, three, or four, if you're in your, your head, you're five, six, or seven, or if you're in your body, the eights, the nines, and the ones, you're also sort of given this, this, this key to know what to bring into your own prayer life. And in the book, I suggest that if you're in your heart, you bring this prayer posture of solitude. If you're in your head, you bring the prayer posture of silence. And if you're in your body, you bring the prayer posture of stillness. 
And we know that solitude, silence, and stillness are really the, the ways that we frame our contemplative prayer practices. Now we clearly need all of these, but my sense is, is one is more healing, one is more liberating, one is more sort of attuned to the affinities of what our type actually really needs to begin to tell ourselves the truth. And so solitude, right? It's a, and it's a time in the world where, where nobody ever wants to be alone, where a lot of people actually aren't alone. I mean, yeah, you know, I go to the market and I'm on my phone texting and, 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 and social media with, with, with folks constantly. And I know a lot of young people, a lot of young people have quite a few roommates and a lot of young people who still live in intentional communities. But I know a lot of people who are still profoundly lonely. And I think what solitude actually teaches us is to be present, right? Present to ourselves, present to God, so that we can be present to, to others. Silence, well, well there's, there's, there's so much noise in our life. We're distracted. We're constantly distracted by all these digital notifications. And, 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 and sadly, if we, we went out for a cup of coffee, I imagine our phones would actually be on the table between us. And, and what that does is that prohibits us from truly listening. But silence teaches us to listen to ourselves, to God, to one another. And then stillness, it's like, I, on one hand, this is great for, for a world that has pronounced needs with, 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 with incredibly painful human suffering. But I just feel like we live in a time where there are more nonprofits, more cause-driven, cause-motivated people than ever before. And so solitude, silence, and stillness, right? These contemplative prayer postures become the corrections to what's out of control in our lives. And my sense is the Enneagram actually has clues within it to help each of us know where is my primary contemplative prayer posture that I bring to how I nurture my inner life. Because for for different reasons and for nine different reasons, the things that, that, that tether us to our addictions keep us from God. But solitude, silence, and stillness helps loosen the grasp that those addictions hold over us. That was Chris Hewitt's. Go check out his book, Sacred Enneagram. Yeah. You won't regret it. Yeah. And for people that text and hit us up on Twitter this week about like, where should they start? I feel like this is probably the book to start with. This book and uh, the Wisdom, Wisdom of the Enneagram. is a little be, more textbooky. It is a little bit more. But I think this is like a good Christian perspective. The That's textbook right. is a good textbook. And Father some. Richard Rohr has yeah, written us some books. Uh, the Enneagram and Love and Work is another one yeah. too, as yeah. it applies to relationships in your life that you, you both professional and romantic. There's a number of good books. All right, stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. You've been down hard and you've been down there. Yes, my heart is open. No, you can't stay here. Haven't seen you over a year. It's been so much better. This podcast is brought to you by Together for the Gospel. Together for the Gospel, or T4G, is a biennial conference for pastors and church leaders held in Louisville, Kentucky, April 11th through the 13th. This year's core theme is about being holy, set apart, distinct from the world. Visit distinctfromtheworld.org for more information and to reserve your spot today. Together for the Gospel 2018 Conference. Distinctfromtheworld.org Listening to Abby Diamond. The song is Yes, My Heart Is Open. No, You Can't Come In. Story of my life. Pretty on the nose, that title. <laughs> yeah. How much metaphor in that? 
Spoiler alert for the song. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's actually her Tinder profile. Uh, she just wrote that on there. That's like that's like saying that the, the movie the, the movie's called We Throw the Ring into Mordor. It's like, well, why don't you what, what's the even point of the movie? You can just put it in the title. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, so last week, oh geez, uh, last week we got talking about getting fired and weird reasons for getting fired. Yeah. Uh, and the question of the week was, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done to get yourself fired? What's the weirdest reason you've ever gotten fired? You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You posted some stories there. You also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Here are a few of our favorites. I, I think we have a very well-behaved uh, and professional audience because we got a lot of feedback, particularly of people wanting to rip their pants off and rage about things. Um, but not a lot of people had firing store. We had a couple. We had a couple. But I'm I'm chalking it up to uh, I you know. I just I have certain assumptions. When I walk into a Cracker Barrel, I kind of typecast the the people that are there. Absolutely. When I walk into a Big Lots, when I walk into certain churches, yes. I have certain general perceptions of our audience as well. I thought we would have been flooded with firing stories. You're right. We weren't. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, these are this. We we have an astute professional audience, though that doesn't apply to everyone. Um, Chad uh, was a lifeguard and uh, with two of his buddies, and uh, so his boss there started asking him to do things they didn't want to do. They felt like it was outside of what a lifeguard. And I, you're talking to a former lifeguard here. I was a lifeguard too, but uh, so so I can I can feel Chad's pain. But he said, you know, his boss would tell him to like. Like move personal items from his car to his office or being uh, see this this is where across the line being asked to lather sunscreen on his back what so, his, so yeah. his boss was asking him and his two buddies to do these things that they did not want to do that's right? not that there's no HR it's a red flag there's no chat. HR department at that company yeah, this right. is a red flag. Anytime you know bodily contact becomes a job requirement, if you're not a masseuse, then I, that's a red flag, my that's friend. True. But anyway, so him and his lifeguard buddies they f- decided that their best course of action was to start a lifeguards union. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, I love them. <laughs> It was a, they unionized, even though there's only three of them. <laughs> yeah, because you can't replace three lifeguards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're too strong either. Their, their, their legal team is just overwhelming. Yeah. 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 Had a really um, newsies moment there, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. You're really to, t- sticking t- it to the man. Yeah. Chandler, could you come rub some aloe on my elbows? <laughs> <laughs> and, when I, and when I when I say can you, I'm demanding you do that. Um, As someone who is no way really employed, on, your job's and not your boss, I demand you if put you, lotion yeah. on my arms. Uh, so uh, anyway, he yeah. was told by his boss that unions were illegal. I don't know anything about the state laws of Pennsylvania where this happened. Uh, and so they decided that they were going to start a union and ran it as a secret union with code names and all. Eventually, the boss just got tired of the antics and asked them never to return. Chad, you are a friend of the worker. You've you, you you've shown you've shown the power of the union, yeah. and unfortunately, you lost in 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 the face of capitalist tyranny. But at least you don't have to That's rub sunscreen on that dude's Jesse. back anymore. Uh, Google, are unions legal in Pennsylvania? Here you go. 
What you need to know, the right of workers and private employment to form unions and bargain collectively with their employers is guaranteed by the National Labor Relations Act and related federal laws. It's preemptive. My man, Chad, was crushed under the system. preemptive, (laughs) meaning that it supersedes state law in areas that it covers. So there you go. Chad, make lifeguarding great again congratulations yeah all those two buddies in reunionize (laughs) really stick it to that 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 line that you're working for that lying creep ball chandler just just a little bit higher i want you to get the tension points (laughs) (laughs) chandler listen i've been walking around all day and these bunions are killing me Uh, what what are bunions chandler bring your file i'll give chandler an up close look and he can tell he can explain the whole thing he's about to get cameron he's about to get very acquainted his job is on the line line. (laughs) valerie said she got fired for eating bread and i gotta say you know should have probably she she works at the university of oregon and it's it's a protected uh food item there because you got to keep it for the ducks yes someone tweeted to me just a moment ago and said i got fired because i was a toll booth worker who was handing out who was paying (laughs) so listen to the show like i don't know two years ago and then um know that he should have been fired (laughs) (laughs) that's funny all right i would say normally i say there's lots more feedback where that came from congratulations congratulations on your gainful employment everybody we all assumed everyone had been fired many times but i guess you're good people i got fired for uh wanting to start relevant having the audacity of having a dream that I was working mm. at a media company and they said uh, my my dream yeah. was a conflict of interest so I got fired well must did have, you go out in a blaze of glory? Must have been a weird conversation with you and your dad. They, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, uh, they went out of business a few years later, and seventeen years later, we're here. Boom! Were you, were you tempted, Cameron? Yeah. Were you tempted at all on your last day to do something? And like I said, just to, just to go out in a blaze of glory and really stick it to the man there. No, dude, dude. I walked in nine a.m. They walked me into the the owner's office, fired me walked me to my office to get a few things and walked me out the door. I was out the door by 925. Uh, I didn't have the chance to do anything. Did you have your fist in the air when you were walking um, out? No, I didn't do anything. I did felt you do terrible. Some donuts in the parking lot? I was a 24-year-old kid. I mean, I felt terrible. I didn't know. Did they, did they find like a like a mission statement on your computer or something like no, no, that? No, no. How did they know no, what your dream uh, was? A friend in Nashville that, you know, you know, is that, you know, you talk to your friends about right. your hopes, dreams and one you day thought it was safe and uh, just word got back to somebody who worked at the office that I was planning to start something. I wasn't planning to, I didn't have any money. I was making $24,000 a year. Yeah. You know, like I didn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. It was either that or a little mishap in the office bathroom that happened to have an oddly double paned window <laughs> that you got stuck upside, <laughs> upside down one day. They, did, they, did, they frowned upon that. It didn't you know, help your cause know. that you printed the first two episodes, the first two magazines on their printer. On their printer and just <laughs> stapled them together after like, hours. Hey, we saw your login code for the printer. Uh, you just printed 300,000 copies. <laughs> Is there something going on there? Yeah. No, no, no. Hey, no. listen, I, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to be a stickler here, but I think we're running low on red ink here. I don't know if we can refill because I got, I'm looking, uh, I get about 65,000 more copies of something yeah. you need to make. So if <laughs> we can get that replaced, anyhow, really help me out of a jam here. Yeah. You know, what kind of operation are we running? You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Did we make it? Is Florida still attached to the U.S.? That's the question of the week. It's more binary. We don't, we don't know. Uh, are we, did we float <laughs> off to sea? Yeah, who knows? Uh, <laughs> let us know. Tweet us. Uh, hopefully we'll have cell reception wherever the state ends it's up. It's really more feedback from us to them. Just a simple <laughs> yes or no. Somewhere yeah. around Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, for this week's question of the week, we want to know your worst date story. Of course. Now, we don't want your grossest. Eddie, I, Eddie's. Yeah. yeah, we won't read it next week. I have already. Yeah, uh, no more potty humor. Yeah. But worst date story. Yeah, the FCC worst has already flagged first us. First date story? Because this it, was a first date. date. I think maybe any date. But what do you think? First date? Yeah, primarily the first dates. We're assuming the audience has had Not a lot like, of first dates. you know, this person. No, it could be it could be any date. Like, I, you know, I want a variety of dates. I, I want, want a blind I date. Want, I want a first date. I don't want the one I where it's date like, that, we've been dating for a year. We got dressed up. I thought we were, he was going to propose, and then he dumped me. That was the worst date we ever went on. I don't want that. I mean, I wouldn't mind a couple of those pepper dates. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right all right there you go just a little, i just want to add a little drama to the mix that's all i mean it's always it's always jokes it's always farmers getting cannibalized after football let's tell some human <laughs> stories <laughs> let's tell a little heartbreak okay all people right, want so drama hit us up just on get, twitter at realm podcast or you can post your longer stories on the podcast episode page down there in the comments section can't wait to read these these are gonna be good ones it'll, it'll be good as we hopefully as them. we are as our state is set adrift as it breaks off from the union this right. this uh coming week right. it'll give us something to do yeah. To sit there and read Twitter. Aaron, you know, we're the last dance band on the Titanic, right? <laughs> That's what we do. There you go. <laughs> Many thanks to our show's sponsors for making this episode possible. Remember, you can go over to HelloFresh.com and enter re- offer code RELEVANT30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries uh, when you subscribe. Thanks also to Warby Parker. You can go to WarbyParker.com slash relevant to begin your free home try-on experience today. You'll love them. And you can go to TheTracker.com. That's T-R-A-C-K-R and enter promo code relevant to get 20% off any order. Guys, that is three phenomenal yeah. companies and products and I'm pr- I am proud that they sponsor this show. That's amazing. Yeah. After they heard, you know, our college football and slices segment, maybe uh, <laughs> we really decided to so get, get, just say, get this deal while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Limited time only. Yeah. <laughs> that promo code will end about an hour after this is <laughs> yeah, released on Friday. So Friday night around 11 p.m. Yeah. yeah. So I would, uh, yeah. <laughs> get away, Ken. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks also to our guests for joining us. Hillsong Young and Free you can follow them on Twitter at Young and Free. You can probably see them in a finale of any Hillsong United show where they opened for them because they tend to yeah. run out without mm-hmm. being announced. Yeah. Yes. Um, also, do check not try out- to apprehend them. Yeah. Do not. Do not. They're, they're supposed to they're be They're very quick. They are wily. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it's to like, it's like herding cats, man. Yeah. Yeah. All those Young I and Free I thought I kids. had one pinned and he just wriggled away. <laughs> and, I mean, it's all- shocking. It was shocking you can how get, wily they you are. Can get a net to capture like a few young and freeze at one yeah, time, no. but you're not going to get them all. Not going to get all twenty. <laughs> they're all over the place. No, no, they're, they're, they're jumping. They're, yeah. Hey, there's a there's a reason why they're called young and free. Okay, <laughs> because they're 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 impossible. To if catch you can put and, a tracker on them, <laughs> right. you can you can at least know where they are. But right. it's tough to get yeah. even a tracker on their in their back pocket. It's I almost mean, impossible. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. pretty quick. Their new single is called "Love Won't Let Me Down." It's out now. And thanks also to Chris Hewitts for joining us. His book, "The Sacred Enneagram," is also out now go check it out 
And check us out on, uh, or you can go to Facebook. It's Drums for uh, Chandler's Big Band. Drums. <laughs> SoundCloud, you can find them. Yeah, yeah. SoundCloud.com <laughs> forward slash It's Drums. <laughs> and I posted it. Uh, He's easy to catch, though. If he shows up on a Hillsong concert, he, he just yeah, kind of walks slowly. Slow. I mean, he just gives up. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just say, stop oh, right there. He's got he this. just raises his hands in the air and just put me in the paddy wagon. Yeah, take yeah. me away. There's no <laughs> point in fighting. You're going to catch me. I'm, I'm a terrible fighter, and I'm an even worse runner. Yeah. So just... <laughs> Load me away. He's got the speed of someone leaving their 600th cracker barrel. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. Oh. At least that person's greased up. It's yeah. impossible. <laughs> you know, they're sweating gravy at that point, so it's impossible to wrap yeah. them up. Hey, the new issue of Relevant is out now. Uh, the cover story is with Father John Misty, yeah. and uh, we're getting a lot of feedback about it. Um, yeah. uh, How about any from him? Is he cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah he loves okay, it. Good, good. Yeah, he loves it. He you never quite know. No, he, he actually hit me up. He said he saw it, and he said... Um, he loved the story and he said, no magazine has gotten it right like this one did. Oh, that's great. I hadn't heard that yet. That's awesome. You check out the new issue. You can go to relevantmagazine.com. You can uh, view the whole thing there. And actually, um, Barnes & Noble brought in the magazine uh, chain-wide. Uh, they are, were in all 690 Barnes & Nobles front and center in the magazine section. Neat. Every store went deep with this issue. So go check it out and actually support there. Keeps the magazine growing in newsstands. There are still newsstands. So if you want to see the physical copy, go to uh, Barnes & Noble and others, other newsstands as well. Cool. Um, and you can subscribe right now. Oh, there is a new there's a pretty good deal going on go check it out at relamagazine.com well on that note we'll wrap it up uh, I'd like to say a fond farewell it's been a nice 12 years uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's been a nice run it has it's actually been 12 years last like three weeks ago was our 12 year anniversary and we forgot to acknowledge it yeah, well. as a show it was well, like I, I think it was like August 5th of 2005 that we started so wow. yeah, I think wow. for the twenty uh, for the ten year show, we kind of stopped our anniversaries maybe for a couple of years. Yeah, maybe fifteen. We'll let do it, we'll let do it a same day. Fifteen is the next big one. Yeah, yeah, hopefully by next week's recording, hopefully we're around. Uh, but hopefully by next week's recording, we'll be in our new studio, uh, at least mm-hmm. a makeshift version of it. But the physical space yeah. in downtown Orlando that'll be fun. Kick off a new era there. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you hopefully next week. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. And I'll say this, as cool as it looks in a drink, don't drink it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.